Welcome to We Will Rank You, the podcast where we choose an album and rank every song on it, arguing every step of the way. No, we now, don't. we usually <laughs> rotate between the four of us, which is Sam, Adam, Jim, Hello. and me, Dan. And we rotate who gets to pick the album. But the album for every 10th episode is actually nominated by our listeners. Yes, we have some. Yes. And also voted on by the listeners. And so we had a lot of solid contenders this time around, but the winner was Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Yes. Spelled with a U, which Jim, I'm yes. sure you must love. <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Fleetwood Mac Rumors, guys, it is their 11th album. Which is insane. It, totally insane. Yeah. And it made me stop and say, this has to be the latest album in an artist's discography that, we've, that we've ranked to date. But then I remembered I said the same thing for Elvis Costello, Blood and Chocolate, which was also his 11th. Right. Oh, wow. Wow. So okay. we've, we've ranked our second 11th album. And XTC, oh, okay. which, which one was That was the ninth. I think that was nine. Uh, it couldn't be yeah. 11. Yeah. No, no, no. It was yeah. ninth. Close to it, though. But love. Love how late. Yeah. I mean, does anyone even do 11 albums anymore? I'm how many sure. Yeah, how many versions of Fleetwood Mac were there before this, right? Because oh, uh, oh. Uh, like five. Anyway. Cl close to 11. <laughs> I learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, released in 1977. Uh, bombed both critically and commercially. I think we know that. Like, yeah. this album faded away Went immediately. Nowhere. There were Had never, never any hits. never heard of it before. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Whoever suggested this is into some seriously obscure music. Seriously yes, yeah. uh, obscure music. It was uh, good let's reveal this that. Uh, suggested by my nephew, Escher. Hello, Escher. Uh, hey, out there. Escher. Thank you. And uh, Thank you, Escher. You have good taste in music already. What? How old is he, Dan? He that is a great question he turned 16 today while we record this oh, wow so i actually birthday, did the Asher. traditional uh pre-podcast call to the person who nominated who uh who picked this uh <laughs> to also wish him happy birthday it was great i said i gotta go i gotta go record oh, um awesome. rumors has sold 40 million copies um guys the internet is really confusing about the top selling albums of all time <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. you go to different sites you'll see different things so i saw eighth i saw 10th i saw 12th nothing <laughs> seems to be definitive because mm. it depends on like re uh, reported by the label and all these things. Anyways, the point is it's definitely up there. It's easily in the top 15. Um, it stayed at number one uh, for 31 weeks. That's a Jeez. lot of weeks, including 19 straight weeks, consecutive at number one without being knocked off by anything. Wow. There are only six albums in history that beat that. So oh, 19 thriller. straight weeks. Uh, actually, guess what? <laughs> Thriller does not beat it. Thriller, really? though, amazingly. Thriller does uh, not beat it? No, I got... Uh, you like that? Yeah. Um, I got deep into this. So, Thriller actually had two runs of mm, 17 right. weeks each, but it got bumped. Um, fun fact, five of the six that beat it are soundtracks. Uh, Interesting. Saturday Night Fever. Fever yeah. Yep. Yeah. You got it, Adam. That's number two. Bodyguard. Number one was... Bodyguard. No, number one is West Side Story. Two. Oh, wow. okay. Wacky. I was going to guess my bodyguard, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> also, deep cut. Also, <laughs> the first album to ever generate f uh, four top 10 singles wow. uh, in the same span. Interestingly, they only released four singles and hmm. they all hit top 10, including wow. Dreams, which hit number one. Wow. So, 
As for the subject matter of the songs, I think we'll get to that, so I'm not going to delve in. Just suffice it to say that many hearts were broken and many drugs were had, and you can quickly tell that uh, by listening to this album. So yeah. let's go around hey, the horn. Well, yeah. well, Dan, can I add something? Because I, I looked up the uh, 1977 Grammys album of the year. Yes. Um, you know, video clip on YouTube. Crosby, Stills and Nash are the presenters and they're presenting the be- best album of the year. The contenders, the nominees were oh uh, obviously Rumors, Steely Dan's Asia, a monster album, uh, Hotel California, heard of it wow mm. um jt by james taylor oh wow and Whoa. the star wars soundtrack because <laughs> star wars had just come out in oh 1977 so john williams was in the I audience mean, i like the and rumors wins i mean it's it, it's that's what a year yeah that's what a, a year. monster records i was six years old that's a i was loving life i love it I love it. All right. Well, speaking of that, speaking of you living life, let's talk about each of our relationships with Fleetwood Mac and Rumors. Sam, start us off. Uh, How do I know this album? Well, I was alive and had a brain and functional ears in 1977. Um, I think that's kind of the, you know, like that's the standard, right? If, If you were alive and cognizant of what you were doing in 1977 you heard this um but the sounds of this album are bittersweet for me because um as it sits in my memory it's an album of breakup songs uh, that came out at a time when my parents were separated for a couple of years so um some wow. of some of that seeps into my memories uh mm-hmm. from the songs on this record just like you know obviously some of the ones like um you know dreams is sticks out uh for, for me with that but um you know just like definitely a couple songs the chain like that a few songs obviously have that kind of vibe to it um but like you're saying it's just like such an iconic record the first single was released in december of 76 and then like every few months throughout 77 there was more singles um but it's so radio ready like aside from you know the singles that were listed on wikipedia you know um don't want to know never going back again secondhand news i mean it's just in the musical dna i mean i i'm sure i heard all of them on southern california fm radio um but um and then this um this record i had a just kind of weirdly but had a friend um a younger friend asked like what's what's some vinyls i should own um to give you a clue of actually how young they are they call them vinyls um and this was one of the records that just popped into my head immediately i was like fleetwood max rumors like everyone has that everyone has to have that like if you're and if you have a record player you've got to have that but um but yeah uh, that's that's how i know it that's where i was at with it adam uh, much like our Rod Stewart episode, I probably first heard these songs on our local San Diego soft rock station, KYXY. Uh, but they were a band like Rod Stewart, Eagles, Bob Seger, where you would hear their lighter stuff on that station. And you'd also hear their more rock songs on classic rock stations. Um, so yeah, they were kind of unavoidable, but I was too young. I really wasn't aware of what was popular. Sam's got a year on us and older sisters. So he was much more, um, uh, aware. I already said aware. Uh, so <laughs> I never really had a huge, uh, huge opinion on them until I was 21. And in my last summer of going to college in 
the San Fernando Valley, just above LA. And I got a job that summer working for a company called Delilah Films. And I mentioned it, and I can't remember which episode I mentioned it on, um, but they were a well-known documentary, music documentary hmm. uh, company. And it was my dream job. Like they had made Complete Beatles uh, they had made Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll, the Chuck Berry movie with Keith Richards. Oh, wow. They had done that black and white Roy Orbison film. And here I was working for them and their new side project, Crunch Media, which was uh, creating this new format called CD-ROMs. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that one. Weird. Uh, but they had just put out something for A Hard Day's Night and they were working on an interactive tour of Graceland. So it was my job to look at Elvis's home movies that no one had ever seen and write down what I saw. I mean, it was a crazy dream wow. job. Um, and the main film that they were working on at the time was a documentary for Disney about Fleetwood Mac called going home. So where I sat every day was right next to an editing bay. And if you've done any audio or video editing, you know that you have to listen to these things over and over and over and over. And the editor Janice Engel was in the room next door to me listening to bits of these songs endlessly <laughs> i heard him so so much it was ridiculous and video editing was so primitive back then dan and i used to video edit on vhs when we were in high school and it just so took forever painful. it was it was four years later so it was a little bit beyond that but she still had all these printouts of all these famous fleetwood mac uh interviews and live concerts in strips printed out all over this room so she like wallpaper look and see and then there were numbers that went with it and i don't i don't i i was never you know she never sat me down and showed me exactly how it was done but that was how this thing was put together um and uh, she was the one who said to me you remind me of dan you look like dan and i said dan who and she said fogelberg uh, because I, what? I think they dated. So that's that's a side side. Wait, note was of, she the woman the, in uh, same old Lang Syne? She's not. Oh, uh, no, <laughs> oh that would have been that a great know. twist. Wow. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, but she was an old lover. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she might have been. Well, but uh, so the media side of it, the CD-ROM was run by a guy that whose name you might have uh, come across in all of your research. Uh, his name is Ken Calais, and he produced Rumors. So yeah. he was in there every day, and I, I can't remember what episode I mentioned this, but I took phone messages sometimes, and one time a guy named Mike Mills called, and I'm not a big REM fan, but when trouble. I handed him the message, yeah, when I handed him the message, I asked him, oh, is that Mike Murray? I'm trying to make conversation because like every entertainment place I worked, everyone was kind of a dick, uh, except for yeah. one person, Janice, that I remember. And he kind of grunted and whatever. And months later, when they let me go, they said, oh, you were so starstruck. And that was that was their their one example um, of, of me doing that. So Ken Calais tattled on me and got me fired. Thank you. Rumors. <laughs> um, uh, in the cosmic universe, though, he produced rumors. He got you fired. I still I still give. Yeah, we're, we're team Ken. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Adam, um, you're fired again. <laughs> but the mm. weird part, and I just found this out last night, is someone there told me that actually the main reason even though they said it just wasn't working out was that somebody that they knew their son was coming home from college and they were going to give him the job and i'm like great nepotism hey i mean it happens i've gotten to do some fun stuff because my dad knew people so whatever figured i'd never have any reason to know who it was but in looking for any info that i could find on crunch media the name of the company i looked it up and who comes up but 
this guy named Rio Carif. And he was on a list of 40 of the most successful under 40 music executives in the world. He runs a little company called Vivo that's worth a billion dollars. And his dad happens to be a famous guy. He's a rock and roll photographer, graphic artist named Ed Cariff. And he shot everything from that one picture of Jimi Hendrix lighting his guitar on fire to album covers by Tom Petty and Captain Beefheart and Elton John. So what a weird way to find out 30, whatever it is years later, who I was replaced by. And he never did anything either. So I can sleep. It's good. Oh my God. <laughs> by a legend. That could have been wow. just a little more time in the job. <laughs> I only have half a billion, so oh well. So yeah, Adam, my story's similar to yours where um, it's funny, like I put them in the AM gold, like the soft rock category um, originally, you know? Um, right. I think especially as they bled into the 80s and like all their hits were those soft rock, like, yeah. you know, Little Eyes and Hold Me, yeah. which... I kind of awesome. liked, but I just saw as just really mellow. And at the time I was anti-mellow. I know, hard to believe. So I kind of, <laughs> I considered it like adult music. You know, it's funny. Like it really did feel for some reason, like Fleetwood Mac was part of that generation before, whereas other things that came out in 77, I still was like, uh, okay, embracing. And so I didn't dislike them, but I just never really got into them and you know college is kind of when you discover like a lot of 70s stuff but somehow Fleetwood Mac still wasn't on the radar I guess the people that I was with I mean like Sam said of course I knew some of the songs but I still just really didn't absorb them and I gotta admit it's probably only in like the last five or ten years when I was like Fleetwood Mac I gotta figure out what that's all about and what blew me away was really listening to the really early stuff that heavy blues rock I had no idea I did not yeah. know they wrote Black Magic Woman and I was mm. blown away and then I was like wait a second this doesn't sound anything like the Fleetwood Mac that I know then I started to research the story and how many lineup changes and led me back to Rumors which I listened to a few more times and realized what an incredible album it was yeah but this was the last five or 10 years, so I never bought it. So I can truly say Rumors is like one of two or three albums that I would say it's an album I feel like I love, but I've never owned, which is such a weird category because we grew up in a time yeah. where if you love an album, you own it. You can't say you love an album if you don't own it, like you're a poser, right? right. Like that's that's not allowed. <laughs> um, so it was this really interesting kind of, I don't know, kind of situation. And um uh, this assignment was perfect for me because I've never dove into this album and listened to it again and again and again. Right. And what's interesting is there were a couple of songs that I was sort of like ambiently and I'm like, yeah, that sounds familiar, but really only four that I like deeply, deeply knew. So it was interesting ranking an album where there were four that I knew like the back of my hand and seven that I just sort of barely or i think hmm. maybe had almost never heard um which was fascinating but i loved this exercise i fell in love with this uh album and i'm gonna be yes. listening to rumors a hell of a lot more yes Dan. phenomenal yeah exactly well it done by my 16 year old nephew i love it <laughs> That's so great. here we go, guys. We are using the now famous uh, gym method, which is basically we've all submitted our rankings ahead of time. An independent auditor known as my daughter has <laughs> uh, totaled up our 
rankings and average them out so that we're going to reveal them in the order of our composite lowest ranking, meaning what we think is the worst uh, on right. the album, to the one that we think is the top. I have not looked at this ahead of time. I've got this fun little notebook here, and I'm going to turn page by page, and oh, we're going to oh, see what we've on. got. Just real quick, point of order. Point of order. Jim, did you didn't talk about the record yet, did you? Oh, Sam, oh. we can skip me. Oh, my I'm gosh. I, I, I purposefully... <laughs> thank you, Sam. I, I literally saved Jim for last because, in my mind... He's Mr. Fleetwood Mac in this group. Uh, I know that the love goes deep, so I saved you. For oh last, my Jim. god! Uh, you, you missed you missed him uh, picking up the acoustic when you were you I were a little bit late, and you you missed him picking up the acoustic and just busting out like tune after tune from this record. <laughs> Never going back again. <laughs> oh, right. you flatter! Take it listen, away, Jim. Let's go. Listen, apologies. single song. It was we <laughs> we all are around the same age. Um, it's six years old. I didn't have an older sister. I didn't have, you know, a, a influence in the house that was uh, turning me on to Fleetwood Mac rumors. But I did have a cousin in town, same city in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we always used to go over to my aunt's house. And I had an older cousin. And I remember three albums that he introduced me to. One was, oh God, I'm not going to remember the name of the freaking artist. But it was uh, do Run, 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 do Run, Sean Run, Sean. Dave, Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy. Thank you. Sean Cassidy. That's one. Number two was Rod Stewart, but it wasn't cool Rod Stewart. It was, uh, do you, do you think, think I'm sexy? sexy? Yeah. Scarred yeah. you for life, clearly. Yeah. And then the three was uh, Fleetwood Max Rumors. And I just fell in love with this. And it was one of those where, you know, your, your parents are talking, you're in the bedroom, and w what are you going to do? You put on the LPs. Uh, he grabs a tennis racket. I grab, uh, I forget what. And, you know, we're, we're air banding before it was called air banding right. um to all these songs i love this album uh when when we the current day now um when there's like a friday night nothing's going on uh sonia and i will have you know happy hour or whatever at, at, at the house make dinner and as the night kind of progresses and she's on her phone on facebook i get on youtube and my my favorite thing to do uh is just go down a youtube wormhole and on martini number three or whatever she usually like looks up and goes jesus christ we always end up on stevie nicks <laughs> 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 it's 1976 somewhere and stevie nicks is uh you know on some <laughs> gray whistle stop uh whistle stop whatever uh, a video program um and oh, i can find it thank you thank you sam <laughs> um i I, I it's always been a part of my life so i'm really interested to see what like how dan's gonna rank it as like hey these are new songs to me uh, there's there's um yeah there's a clear last place and there's not so much a clear first place to me so let's uh get yeah, to rank it. i'm predicting chaos yeah. um, what do you think other about than last that place what do you think about that album cover by the way before we uh oh, so good get into stuff it's interesting. I mean, it's it iconic now, right? Because it was so big. Yeah. Um, I almost chose, you know, I always do a background for you guys. I almost chose, there are so many parodies um, mm -hmm. that I almost chose a parody. Um, for your Zoom background? Yeah. Yeah. Dan Dan noticed uh, my swirlies. I, I, I do a little Photoshop. 
to put our name in every album cover. It's the first time in 30 episodes that I had to break down and spend money on a font because I, just, <laughs> I had to I do was it wondering. semi-right. Right. So uh, big thanks to the tiny moon shop on Etsy for uh, my $7 uh, Fleetwood Mac font. Uh, hopefully that's putting some good <laughs> karma into her universe. Um, but I do have a made up fact about the title. I know that uh, they were, it was suggested within the band just because there was so much interpersonal strife going on that they thought that that was, would be a kind of a, a clever title. Um, but it's my understanding um, that the title actually came from a teenage piano player uh, in England named Kate Bush, who was uh, under the tutelage of, of Christine McVie at the time. And she mentioned uh, that as a possible title for the album and then strangely eight years later recorded a song called mother stands for comfort which incorporated a rhythm track from another song she had been hanging out with a keyboardist from england named martin gore who recorded a song called blasphemous rumors and that would be the full circle i just wanted to see how many shaking heads i could get with one oh made up fact okay go on <laughs> All right. I think that is our cue that it's time to move on. Definitely. So guys, song number 11. I believe Adam, you confirmed we've never all had the same song 11. Is that right? <laughs> that is as far as I know, other than the ones that no, before we started true. recording. Yeah. Okay. We, no, we there's 25. Tried. We've done 25 of these. We've never all agreed okay. on the last place. Well, oh, and and this is go. definitely going to be it. We're this feeling good on this one. Oh, I think we, we haven't said it yet. Have, I know. Um, were we all thinking that there is definitely a last place? Yeah. Oh, for 100%. me, absolutely. And I okay. usually don't say it. I usually refrain. I'm feeling good this time. Okay. okay. Go ahead, Dan. Reveal. Number 11 is, and I, I want poker faces from everyone, so we won't okay. know until we go all the way around. Okay. Number 11 is Oh Daddy. Oh Daddy. Number, the last place is Oh Daddy again. Oh Daddy. You know you make me cry How can you love me? I don't understand why Let's see, who has the worst poker face? Adam, you go first uh, We were listening to this album at dinner And I had to apologize to my dad To let him know that this is my last place song No offense to him, my own father <laughs> I don't remember this song. I've, I've never listened to this album all the way through. I don't think. Um, I'm not sure if I've ever heard it. And I, it started. And when she started singing, I said a phrase that is commonly said around our house when a song starts and the person starts singing and it's something that we're not liking, which is, oh boy. I said, oh boy, out loud. Uh, as soon as she started singing and just knew um, that this was not for me. Uh, I... May she rest in peace. She's a freaking genius, but this is not her best work. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Correct. <laughs> well done. Um, there's going to be some Bruce Fox and Colin Molding discussions uh, coming. She is definitely uh, not in the top two for me or most people when it comes to Fleetwood Mac songwriting. Her her contributions are awesome on so many songs, but I've never been that much into Christine McVie. I went out of my way to try and 
learn about her and like her, there's an amazing podcast that Dan and I know have discussed called Hit Parade. And they did a two-part series on her and her chart history. And she's no doubt successful, but it's just not my cup of tea, the, the way she is. Okay. I don't know if it's the hair or whatever, but she just was always the most normal one. And I don't know if that's, it's not anything horrible <laughs> in life, but she was just uh, so normal compared to these like four crazy personality rock stars, uh, drunk struck addicts, musical geniuses, what, what have you. Um, but she has her talents and this, this song does not necessarily. I li- John McVie was a wild, was a wild guy. He's a drunk. I listened yeah. to that right. podcast. That's cool. For I listened some to that podcast too, Adam. And what I what ah. I, what I did love about it was, um, it really made it clear that she basically really helped pull that band through. Like, in all their crazy ups and downs, if you look at their whole career, like mm-hmm. she was that band probably doesn't make it. You know, Mick definitely had the um, yeah. ambition and kind of kept pushing yeah. it forward. But like Christine was like the ballast. You know. Um, yeah. I, I, th- I thought the most interesting thing about her was that she was uh, more of a star in her own right before any of the others were because she had she had uh, done a solo record under the name Christine Perfect and was voted the most popular female singer in England in 69 and 70, which is just so crazy. Yeah. Wow. A front person. Totally. Um, she's just an incredible keyboard. Her voice that. is uh, buttery great. smooth. I mean, it hurt, it's yeah. such oh, a smooth it's amazing. Voice. It's All right. Well, let's let's hand it to some of the rest of you. Jim, why don't you go? Um, my number 11 last place on the album is also Oh Daddy. Um, Apple Essentials has this like, um, they, they, they like highlight an album and they'll, they'll dissect the whole thing and they talk about the, you know, it's kind of a behind the music type of thing. Oh, right. And when they got to this track, this track, they played it and the, uh, the host of the show said, that was oh daddy and then moved on to the next song it's this d minor just uh, it's not interesting musically at all for me um i really don't like the lyrics it's just a creepy feeling to it you know i'm so weak and you're so strong the fool has got to be me it's just self-flagellation by this woman who's saying oh daddy you're so right and i'm so wrong and it just turned me off immediately Do you know so, who it refers uh, to last by the way place. It, it refers to Mick, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to Mick Fleetwood. That yeah. So he says. So, yes. so he says. Okay. Okay. All right. I I heard it. I because I, she was um, like at this time they were she was dating what their lighting manager or something like that. I right. almost so, I almost drew out a diagram of who wrote which song, <laughs> who sang on who. which song, and within a three year right. period of either side of rumors, who slept with who. Um, yeah. That's whiteboard this because I needed all of it. I almost, I almost was going to share a, a, a. And you got a cat's a cradle, board. you know, between it's your fingers. It's a serious yeah. cat's cradle, including the lighting yeah. guy. Anyway, Sam, back right. to you. Uh, my number eleven. Oh no, no, no! You're last because you're oh. anvil, Sam. We all know that. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, known for dropping the anvil when we think we got a good thing going. So my number eleven is also <laughs> Oh Daddy. Okay, uh, we're three for four. Uh, <laughs> we're three uh, for four. Uh, um. Uh, I don't think I'm as anti as you guys. Um, it has a bluesy groove. I love the first time that deep piano comes in, like it just resonates. But yeah, I mean, well put. The lyrics don't get me. It doesn't go anywhere. 
Um, it is a little creepy. She has one line in here. Everything you do is just all right. And I was thinking, yeah, kind of like the song, just all right. Oh, uh, oh. Um, this was like, oh, this is the AM light Fleetwood Mac. I know like, no wonder I went running originally. Um, so that was my thought. Don't forget at some point we each want to mention our line, which is hmm. basically, we truly love songs above so far. I'm not hearing anybody say their line is under 11. Um, no. So let's hand it over to Anvil Sam. Sam? You know, I, it's, I, it's interesting that I've become to be known by that. And, uh, you know, I, when the shoe fits, it fits, right? <laughs> and so, but not this time. Oh, daddy. is. Yes, I knew it. I knew it. I knew this is your last place. I knew it. You it's, hate the lyrics. It's just creepy. The- <laughs> Maybe I'd like it if I, if I liked grown women to call me daddy. Uh, oh but God! Uh, it's so gross. Uh, so many, and, but not only that, but there's so many lines with forced meter. She like like crams stuff in, uh-huh. like words in, and it's like no, that's not how you're supposed to be doing this. It's not very good, and. She's got a song on the previous album called Sugar Daddy. Like, Christine, are you okay? Are you doing okay? <laughs> we got to think. Maybe maybe she wasn't Miss Normal after all. And I, and I went through, Alb, I went I went back even further and forward, and there's no more daddy songs from her, but it's, it's just like, ooh, that's, and, and Sugar Daddy's like, I mean, that's a thing, but oh, daddy, like, and especially the way she sings it. And the goddamn worst thing, this song's gets got stuck in my head so many times. <laughs> and, and, and it's mostly just oh daddy yeah, that like, opening fuck are you fucking kidding me mm-hmm. all right <laughs> number 11 we, we Guys, all did it congratulations we, we did it now we're gonna rank everything else the same there right? we go. let's right. start yes. yeah right number of 10 course. everybody number 10 is i don't want to know correct Tell us why, Jim. Correct. Tell us why. Um, you know, there's there's just so much to say about every other song, and this one I just wrote down. The hand claps are great. Uh, two singers the whole time. You guys know I love two vocalists going the whole yeah. way singing every. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great Stevie song, but it's just not going to rise to beat any of the other monsters on this freaking track. I mean, this album. There's no way it's better than any other of these amazing songs and now we've hit my line dan i could i could do without the last two songs i don't need to listen to them or have them in my life the rest of the album i have to have in my life gotcha i agree with you jim that i also have two songs on this album that i could do without but one of them is not i don't want to know um i don't want to know just makes it above my line it's my number nine um, I like my Fleetwood Mac kind of flooded in sunshine, like upbeat and sunny, and uh, that has it. Adam made fun of me one time for my hand claps uh, playlist because I only had like two songs on it. <laughs> Adam, you'll be happy to know I added this song the second I heard it. I'm like, hand claps. Awesome. Um, guys, the vibe on this song, all I keep thinking is it's a teen film in the late 70s, and the kids are all arriving at camp. 
And so they're all piling out of the school bus and they're all excited. They're running everywhere. Sure. They're all seeing each other. Teenage counselors kind of checking each other out in their jean shorts. Like, it just yeah. has that total, like, summer film teenage vibe to it. Um, yeah, I didn't really great. recognize this one at all before. Jim, your point, the two people singing all the way through the relentless strumming this is summer in a song and it i just i really enjoyed that about it um so i have it at number nine uh let's go to sam where do you have it sam i have i don't want to know at number eight i don't have much else to say about it except it's a fun little tune um but i've got it above a few other songs that i i didn't like quite as much i to your point i did not know oh daddy when i started listening to this um and there was another one that i didn't really know that um i i liked okay but this this one i think i think familiarity um did not read contempt for me on this one i think it just bred a lot of uh you know good vibes or at least you know boosted stuff up there but the, the, the most the, the two that i didn't really know fell a little bit and then there was one that is a very familiar popular song that the more i listened to it i was like mm. but this one's good it's a fun little tune that's it adam what do you have i agree completely it's a fun little tune it is at number eight uh it's tight and those close harmonies are great uh stevie had said this is like us doing everly brothers basically <laughs> I can see that. perfect yeah for that lyrically a little bit like all i really want to do by dylan like listing a bunch of things that she doesn't want to do it's uh, <laughs> fine and it's just a toe tapper i like it yeah you know, before we go on, uh, Dan, to the next, I, I got to tell you, I have a friend who uh, loves this album and he ranked it, uh, or he tried to rank it, and he texted me. He goes, um, number 11, oh, daddy. Number 10, uh-oh. <laughs> he just could not make up his mind beyond that. Uh, we, so, uh, we texted each other a couple of times over the course of ranking this, and um, like, Jim, I remember you saying, like, oh, swap these, swap these again, swap these again. There were a couple of places in this ranking where they just they just kept switching and i did it again today and i'm like oh mm. man like but then other ones mm. were fixed it was really funny so there were certain yeah. places yeah. where uh it's a toss-up so i i agree with that person all right we're on to number nine guys smooth sailing so far oh correction we are on to number eight because we have a two-way tie oh here we go okay our first at number eight is songbird Adam, why don't you keep trashing on Christine McVie for us? It's not funny. It's not funny. Why am I laughing? Yeah, so no doubting that she's a fine piano player. And her singing style is just not my style. I, I, I'm not, I would never say she's uh, a bad singer or this kind of song is bad. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, she sang this song by herself alone in our old neck of the woods cellar back hall my current neck of the UC woods berkeley Woo-hoo. right 
Uh, and I was like, where have I, where have I heard of that? I, I want to say, I was like, Sam, did we see a show there? And they showed a picture of what it looked like. I'm like, nope, never been in there. And for some reason, the deepest dark recesses of my brain, I remember that I had a bootleg of the Cocteau Twins playing there in 1990. I think it's the only time I've ever heard that ever. But it was in Berkeley where Sam and I uh, lived and worked. Uh, I've been there. Back in, in the 90s. Have you seen a show there, Dan? Yeah, I mean, it's mostly like... Um dance shows and like classical and it's kind of more like high culture stuff that plays there. bands sure. don't usually yeah. play there yeah right yeah i mean it's it, it's fitting it's 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 this beautiful plaintive song uh if you want to hear a song i love that's almost in that vein of someone sitting at a piano by themselves in an open room uh check out the one from fame that Irene Cara sings that I'm blanking on the name. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. So I can't remember, uh, but it was nominated for an Oscar. Oh my God, this is going to bug me. I'll, I'll look it up later, but yeah, not for me. Um, Where'd you have it at? I have it at number 10. Number 10. Go ahead, Sam. I have songbird at number nine. Uh, it's a fine tune. Uh, I like her voice on it. Um, there's not much else to it, though. And this is the other one that I was mentioning that I did not know um, when I when I started listening to it. Uh, and I think Oh Daddy and this one just don't get that much radio play, probably because it's a lot slower. Um, and uh, I, I feel like Dan will probably have this higher. This feels like one. So I've started doing a thing. I've started with songs that I'm like, eh, I don't really know about this one. It's not really hitting. It's not really connecting. I'm giving him what I call a Dan listen, which is <laughs> where I like, you know, get out of my head a little bit, like kind of shift my thinking. I'm like, okay, like what, but what's really good about this song? I mean, this is a song on a, one of the most classic iconic albums of all time. Like, what is it about this song? And so I started digging into it a little bit. The lyrics are okay. Um, but I, probably would have petitioned to have uh side one end with go your own way because you know side one is just a super powerhouse of all these amazing songs and then songbird comes at the end and it's kind of a downer because it's just her it's just piano um but uh so it feels like a little bit of a downer to end the side but respect on the recording method um like you were saying adam they were trying to get the sound in the studio well first of all she stayed up all night she like she had she said she had a dream and the song was there and she got up and played it but there was nobody around to record it and she didn't want to go to sleep and lose it so she stayed up all night until they got into the studio the next day and she started playing it and then as they were recording in the studio they just weren't getting the sound so they went so they got zellerbach went there mm. i think he said he had set up like 16 microphones around yeah um, all over and, the space that's so great yeah all over the space mm -hmm. to get it and um and Lindsay was uh kind of off stage strumming his electric guitar you can hear it come up a couple of times but just to like help keep the yeah. time for it and they but, did it in one take i mean yeah. like they, they did yeah. several takes but there's no edits like it's all the way through her and right. Lindsay, which is awesome yeah yeah so i wow. like full respect for that my line's probably just above this one um just under i don't want to know you could probably make the case to move my line down under this but uh you'd have to be really convincing <laughs> before i forget irene cara out here on my own i thought of it at the second you started talking sam but i wasn't about to interrupt great nice. song, jim um, the song birds are singing like they know the score is an amazing lyric. I love that song. 
um and it, the double entendre of that, like they know the score, like they know what's up and mm-hmm. they know the score, like they're singing along uh, to to the song. I, I just love it. The the whole thing. Did you guys see the Grammy tribute? The the mm-hmm. In Memoriam? Mm-mm. You didn't? Yes. Oh, my. So Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl Crow, Bonnie Raitt and, and Mick Fleetwood on, on, on the bongo, right? On the drum, oh, just that's doing, right. Doing. I read about and, it. And of course, this song lends itself perfectly to that kind of scene at a, a Grammys. Um, it is just it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. I've got it at number nine, shamefully, because there's just so many, so many powerhouses on no. this album. So uh, number nine for me, Sam. I continue to be amazed by how you find your way into my brain. You are right. I have this ranked higher. <laughs> I have Songbird guys up at number six. <laughs> That's not too far. Okay. Okay, good. good. <laughs> uh, once you see what I have it ranked above, you're going to come after me with torches. But wow. um, Adam makes fun of me because I always use the word gorgeous. So I'm not going to use it Why do you say gorgeous time. so much, dude? Um, I don't know why he says gorgeous. Um. That's not the word that came to me this time, though. It was pretty. This song is just so pretty, which is a song. Um, I, I feel like that's a word we don't use for songs that often, but um, pretty much this song is it's raindrops on the window. It's like dreamy. It's a little distant, like to your point about the mic set up around the space. It does give it like this yeah. space. And um the other word I'd use here is just melancholy. Like it's so beautiful, but it, it, it's got that underpinning of sadness. And you're right. There's not a lot fancy about this. I actually, Sam, love where it is in the track order. It's kind mm. of that moment. It's that pause. And it's just that breath yeah. between like these two breathtaking songs. Um, so I just think it's beautiful. Jim, I'm so glad you mentioned the Grammy tribute because I thought that was phenomenal. If you guys haven't seen it, highly recommend it like you said it's cheryl crone piano her and bonnie raid are singing mick fleetwood is on i don't what kind of drum is that like yeah, I mean, you don't know it's mick fleetwood until the end you're right it's a gorgeous so good drum. big reveal and so good at the end he just throws off his hat like in tribute just like the tip of the hat while they're showing her photos behind i was pretty close to crying openly i gotta admit oh, at the end yeah. oh yeah just, just uh, a just an absolute perfect tribute to her um so anyways this this song stood out to me because it was so pure where so many of the songs were like look we crammed in this we crammed in this i really thought this was beautiful and it's just so spare and so sparse yeah. it's a beautiful song and while i agree with you adam that like it's not my favorite voice but it is soulful and it is really pretty and just like we say about dylan like when you're when you're owning the song you're owning the song and i don't care as much like whether that is like my favorite voice quality and so that's where i put this it really it really grew on me i, I think her voice actually really suits that song like that kind of singing yeah. is good for her voice but yeah. I, I don't think everything yeah. is but that is yeah she's right good no that. exactly this almost feels like the exact right song for her yeah I agree. Um, this one moved up for me. I it, I think on my initial yeah, run through, I was like, eh, and it, this was last. And then I really listened to Oh Daddy. I was like, no, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, so this this moved up to number nine for me from Yeah, this from kept last. moving up for me too. Um, awesome. All right, guys. Well, it's a tie. And the right. song it is tied with is Don't Stop. Yes, we're getting this right, guys. Yeah, we really are. 
speaking of upbeat, um, I will go first. This is the other song that is below my line. I don't need Don't Stop, guys. Um, I have it at uh, number 10. And um, what can I say? Like, I I told you earlier that I like me some sun-drenched Fleetwood Mac. But guys, there's a point at which maybe the optimism gets a little too relentless. <laughs> um, this song is just too like, hey, Boppy. And I'll admit, look, I've been poisoned, guys. I cannot not think of the Clintons at the inaugural right. ball. Right. And a bunch of... Like that might have set me back another five to ten years on why I didn't dig into this album because I was like rumors more like boomers am I right like it was just <laughs> it's and I'm, I want to be clear I'm not anti Clinton but like when oh rock and roll God. is playing at a, at a presidential inauguration right, I'm starting right. to feel uncomfortable that's not where rock belongs uh, so anyways I just I wonder if that kind of soured it. Um, that's how I think about this song. Look, it's got a certain irresistibility to it. Like, you know, Adam, you already mentioned toe tapping. You're probably toe tapping on some level. Christine's got a great little saloon piano going through it. That's mm -hmm. just got kind of got a nice yeah. little twirl to it. So there's things I can appreciate, but if this song was not on the album, I would not miss it. So it's my number 10. It's the other one below the <laughs> line. Let's go to Adam. I just got it one above you. I'm at number nine. And where's your line, Adam? Have we got my to line? It? Is it five? Oh, holy yeah. shit! I like the other ones. I like parts of, 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 of all the other ones, but okay. as far as like love it, love it, gotta have it's five and above for me. Uh, it chugs. That was the one surprising thing uh, about it that I was like, it's so yeah, sunshiny, sunshine day, which uh, you know, I'm, I can only take so much of the, the bubble gum part. Um, Lindsay sings the first verse. This is a Christine McVie song. He let me yeah. have it. Interesting. It's, I find it fascinating that those two have got along through all of this and even toured, yes. um, despite all the, the weirdness with, with their, their significant... Record another experience. album, like, in 2017. Yeah. I thought toured. that was cool how much they yeah. just... They finished yeah. each other's stuff. They respected each other. That was a really neat... Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. All right. Let's take it to... <laughs> so not surprised who has this highest. Let's go to Jim next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this song is overplayed. Uh, it is a mover. The bass just moves. Um, you know that, well, I can't say that to this group. Uh, I know, and other fans know, every lick of that guitar solo. Great solo. And it, what a great, great, ending, a great. To, great ending to it, it too. Um, uh, it'll soon be, and the music drops out. It'll be here. Uh, the call and response of "Ooh, you don't you look back," um, and the, the, the fact that they got everybody in the studio to come and sing that part mm -hmm. uh, when they recorded it—it's just a great tune. It's number eight, though. It's number eight. Sam, what is it really? I, what I is don't it have really? it too much higher. It's number seven. So, yeah. like you said, like we're all kind of in sync on this. My first comment was, I think we're far enough away from the Clinton years that we can finally discuss this song. Yeah. <laughs> um, nope. Forever. But, but y'all, I mean, y'all hit all of it. Like, I love the sound and the tone of the honky tonk piano. Um, and I don't think I ever really noticed their voices their vocals trading back and forth and then the harmonizing so uh -huh. verse one is Lindsay. chorus one they trade so like Lindsay sings the the first 
line of the chorus she sings the second he sings the third she sings the fourth and then they sing together verse two is christine chorus two they trade again and then subsequent verses and choruses are in harmony so i I, beautiful. I never really picked that out until i you know had the headphones in it's interesting their voices are pretty close in like tone yeah. and, and sound yeah um so that was that was something that kind of jumped out at me um but it doesn't amount to much past the first minute or so of the song besides another quick blistering solo from Lindsay at a minute 30 and then it yeah. kind of runs out and so that's why it i it, again it's rumors it's the 70s like this song is there i mean this is probably you know if you've got ktel 1970s like this is the song's probably on there it's overplayed and the clintons are a huge part of that you know yeah. from those years and all that sort of shit but i i still like it my line's right under it or probably under i don't want to know but oh i was yeah, gonna so ask you this number, your number line is under this pro- meaning this is over the line okay number actually it's probably number number eight well yeah, I don't want to know. Like I said, is is my number eight, and so everything about that. So, yeah. Jim, you and I have the two, the highest above the line. Clearly, we're the two biggest Fleetwood Mac fans. Absolutely. <laughs> so you had it at seven, Dan. Where'd you have it again, Adam? Don't I had stop. it number nine. No, no, no. I nine. no, I had don't stop nine. at number ten. Sam yeah, had it Dan. at seven. Yeah. Right. Who's right. on first? Oh, that's what you said. Got it. Yep. All right, guys. We're on to number seven. Speaking of seven. Hey. You ready? Oh, Sam, you said one other thing I just wanted to note really quick. Mm-hmm. You talked about how well the two voices go together, like the tone. That, to me, is one of the things, the magic of Fleetwood Mac. Like, these voices all go so freaking yeah. well together. Like, mm-hmm. I think that really hit me more this time than it has in the past. Just these harmonies are chef's kisses. Yeah. Adam texted <laughs> earlier. Or Impeccable. Something. All right, guys, number seven. Here we go. Speaking of Lindsay, it's never going back again. Mm. Whoa. Oh, we disappointed him for the first time. She broke down and let me in. Uh, well, I'll start us off, Jim. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, Anvil Dan. It's a phenomenal riff, right? The guitar is just hypnotic. I called it, it's, it's a Fibonacci sequence that bends back in on itself. It's just nice. like, there's something cosmic in the universe that this was the melody that was kind of out there and it just tapped into Lindsay's brain oh that's so beautiful amazing so it's your number one and Excellent. it's it's <laughs> it is good enough to kind of make the whole song this is one of those that suffered because of just how many other great songs there were um, mm-hmm. of course you gotta love them singing bend down one time you know the one time yeah. two times oh. so great um really simple song i love it for that but um there were so just good. others that I, I felt like had more tricks up their sleeves. So I ranked it at seven. Sam, where right, do you got Dan, it? Dan, yeah. before we go to Sam, yeah, I'm yeah. very pleased that with a low ranking like that, you did not criticize it at all. That was a really good compliment no, for that totally. song. No, totally. Absolutely. Very at this happy point, with it's, you. It's just about what's more amazing than the other. Totally. Yeah, I, I yeah. totally agree yeah. with you. And this Respect. probably made it as high as like four at some point. Like these are these have been trading places big time. Okay. Yes. Sorry, Sam. Go. Sam, go ahead. I have Never Going Back Again at number six. 
Um, and again, it's just that jockeying for position. Love the finger picking. Come on. Great tone on the guitars, too. Uh, mm. Guitars, plural. Like, they, you talk about the studio as an instrument, and you think of, like, the, the Beatles tape trickery and all that kind of jazz, but this, this record is so well-engineered because um, there's like two guitars like in each ear kind of thing and um, I mean this one's super simple it's very short it's beautiful and Buckingham's a beast on the guitar he always has been but thank you for saying that unbelievable that was one of my biggest revelations it was almost like I remember the moment where I was like oh my god Prince is a guitarist I have to admit I kind of had that same revelation here where yeah um, I just didn't realize the genius of Lindsay on guitar I'm totally and he, sold and out. he doesn't use a pick he doesn't use a pick right. it's all fingers yeah. right. it's, it's unfreaking right. believable with those solos that he can pull that stuff off yeah. the well, other thing really amazing. quick I want to say about I him. mean this song this song the never going back again obviously finger yeah. picking yeah. I'm just talking about those stuff, those monster yeah. solos stuff, yeah. that he has yeah. you know yeah. as much as he has monster solos it's the songs don't show it off like here's right, the big solo right, everybody like right. others do it's always yeah. underneath you got to dig for it which yeah, is, yeah. makes it even better or it, or if it's up front you can at least it's a solo that can be sung you can you can sing along to it you know yeah. um yeah anyway if, if you want to check out uh, some more of his like popular singles guitar wizardry check out his uh, the single from the 80s big love um, I think it, I think it's called Big Love, and it's the same sort of guitar, like picking, like one of those things where you're like, well, how is he doing that? Like Richard Thompson yeah. level stuff. Like you're like, what? Yeah. Go. Yeah. Also, uh, Lindsey Buckingham has made one of my top hundred lists. I think about two years ago. Oh, that yeah. last album he came out with is actually quite good. Hmm. Anyways, Th- this is two guitars, Sam. Yeah. I mean, do we know that they're separated? Really? In the ears. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I feel like I because I'm I'm amazed that this band doesn't have two guitarists right? that they listen totally. to this album. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I double checked uh, the the album credits to make he's sure he's carrying all the guitars on this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's overdubs on the album, and I was kind of surprised to watch some live clips of them to see that it's weird. He he's not one of those like super rhythm guitarists like that plays leads within like Hendrix or. Cobain or whatever when there's only one guitar in the band it's really uh Christine McVie that's kind of like the rhythm instrumentalist in the band and he holds back a lot on some of these songs yeah Yeah. like a lead guitarist even though he's singing sometimes which is kind of kind of cool um it it gives it a really weird kind of like loose vibe with them all kind of like playing off each other that I, I find fascinating but with this song Oh, I don't even know if I'm, I'm next. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> you are not next. Jim's okay. next. Okay. Oh, Adam, I want you to talk to um, mm-hmm. I have it at number five, and it was at number one at one point. Um, mm. this, is the dark, this is the dark horse pick. I just think that if you know, you know about yeah. this song, right? <laughs> like, um, and... And I was my my question to myself is this one guy playing live? If, if you've ever tried to play this uh, on guitar or looked up a guitar tutorial, 
you just give up immediately. I mean, it, at my level, <laughs> you know, I'm I just would like, never, right. never mind, it. never mind. And I, I just love, I love songs with, you know, with where the the bass note is don't, 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 right. don't, just over and over again. But so much happens on top. Um, it's so complex. Um, uh, One nineteen in the song, those high licks come in, and it's just heaven. And I love that he drops out the the lyrics for the second time through, and he just lets the guitar have the have the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, so so he sings a whole verse and chorus, and then he just doesn't, you know. And then he comes back, and it's just it's just so good. I love this song, number five. So great. Yeah, I've got right, it one Adam. above you. I've got one above you at number at number four, and I I forgot how how great it is. Every time that riff comes in, you're just amazed by it which it says a lot because we listened to this album a million times for this podcast. Yeah, but every so time true. it came in i'm like god it's so good and uh sam mentioned richard thompson so you know it's there was some other uh album we were talking about where there was a lot of orchestral stuff and i said if i oh it's sinead probably i said if i if i if i'd listen to more classical music i wouldn't be so impressed by this and it's like if i listen to more classical guitar i wouldn't be as impressed by this either but i don't uh, i've watched quite a few clips of him playing it by himself and it's incredible he plays it a lot slower than he does uh on the album usually but and when they were doing it live john mcfee played bass and mcfleetwood played along actually when he first recorded it uh it was with mcfleetwood kind of like using brushes uh so the, the yeah. song was called brushes when, when it first uh, started it was just an instrumental right, piece right um but what he did with it is great and and it's i i never think of that i do think of them when people say Fleetwood Mac, I think of them as this sunshiny California band, even though they had that blues beginning. But I don't usually think of them as a folky country uh, mm. band, even though there's there's tons of that. And I don't know why I don't mm-hmm. more, but this this one and one other one, which we haven't talked about yet, I the whole time we were listening, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to choose which one I like more because I put them both. <laughs> they, they're not that similar, but it's enough where I was like, I don't know how I'm going to choose. And there were two sets of those songs um, that I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. So that was, I was totally definitely having trouble same. with these two sets of two songs. Um, but this one ended up at number four. And to your point, like we think of them as sunshiny, but there's so much darkness in here, including oh, yeah. in this song. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so speaking of live, we've mentioned live a couple of times. Have any of us seen them live? No. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm bummed about that. After listening to this, that was one of my thoughts. Is like, oh, should have seen him. Just real quick, I I said Big Love. Big Love is a Fleetwood Mac song. It's got good guitar, but the one I'm actually thinking of is, because um, uh, I went and listened real quick, from his 1992 record. It's called Don't Look Down. It's got an instrumental uh, introduction. Um, that's that's the one I was thinking of that's like got like insane picking by him so just okay, good stuff. Back there. that's our good stuff I'll put it in the show notes should we in move 2025? on 2025 yes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> number six y'all number six we can't we can't we can't miss make mistakes from here on i mean we've already made a little one right there let's Thanks, not coach. do anything got it, got else it, got it. uh <laughs> Guys, number six is that secondhand news. Okay. All right. What?
Take it away, Jim. <laughs> it's number seven for me. Um, it's making my train song playlist, you know, just <laughs> songs on a train. Um, uh, you know, for a breakup album, for the first line to be, you know, I know there's nothing to say. Someone has taken my place. You know, there's a lot to say, and they're about to say it all and sing it all, and it's just so great. Um, it's one of two songs in the album where the title of the song is held to the very end when they they release, you know, and uh, the other one is so amazing. So um, anyway, so secondhand news number seven. All right. Uh, you're going to have some disagreement here, Jim. Let's go with Sam. I've got secondhand news at number five. I love the separation of the instruments, guitar in the left and right. It does it again on this one. Um, the the drum sounds mostly in the left, but then it drifts to the right. It's it's yeah, it's really cool what they do here too. Uh, great harmonies. Like this is the stuff. One of my mm -hmm. friends from high school. Um, this was like when you know you're high school and you're drinking and whatever. And you know I'm listening to the Cure and Depeche Mode and stuff like this. And he would bust out this one. He would put this on and like you know the bam 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 bam. bam. Bam, and he would just like dance all around the room and stuff like that all kind of hyper and whatever um yeah and I, I listening to this i took a picture of the song playing and sent it to him and he's like oh yeah those were the days <laughs> I love i've got it. it i've got a number five well i've got it at number four um oh my god this song is so fun um, yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about like song number one is the mission statement of the album, right? You're opening it up, just like you said, Jim. And so the mission statement for this album, according to Secondhand News, which is exactly right, is we are purposefully crafting an album that is as catchy as hell and will be stuck in your head all day, every day. Oh, and all the songs are about breakups. Like, uh, message received, <laughs> and they deliver on it. You know, Lindsay singing in this song, he's got such a, like, confident, cocky, yet casual flow. Like, it's so fun listening to him deliver these yeah. lyrics. Like, yes, they're heavy. Lay me down in the cold grass. Let me do my grass. stuff. Like, that stuff. Uh, yeah. It's just... It's the 70s hippie version of Swagger, you know? And then you've got yeah. the backing harmonies. I think that's Stevie, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Which is yeah. always so incredible that he's singing about their breakup and she's doing amazing backups uh, vocals. Like, that's part of the amazingness of Rumors. And yeah. then, you know, Sam, you said it. It's the bow-bow-bows, but it's also the do-doodly-doo -doo and yes. the do-it-do-it-do-it-do-it. Like, there's, there's uh, so great. many little hits that build on each other. Yeah. It's... He's got that aw shucks grin as he's singing this whole thing off, even though he's throwing a pity party for himself. I could listen to this a hundred times in a row. This is the song I could never get out of my head. And every single time I'm like biting my lower lip, I'm jutting my head back and forth. <laughs> my foot is tapping furiously. This is like, this is a furious toe tapping song. It's just that intense. I considered secondhand news as high as number two. It's amazing. Adam, tell us more. Excellent. Well, this is my other one that I had to, I couldn't decide between never, never going back and, and yeah. this one. And yep. I ended up putting it higher. I have it at number three and having, wow, never, never heard it on rock radio yeah, that, I, I, that, I, I, can, that I can recall and having never owned this album. I, I, 
I didn't know this song until much later. In fact, the first time I ever heard it um, was in a really unfunny Saturday Night Live sketch called Not Getting Any with a bunch of guys <laughs> talking about how they can't get laid. And Chris Farley starts singing that song repeatedly like how that's his that's his pickup line for a girl is like i want to lay you down in the tall grass and i'm like did i imagine that am i am i and i i typed in secondhand news Saturday Night live nothing secondhand news chris farley nothing uh lay me down in the tall grass chris farley and there it was like someone on reddit asking the exact same question what was that s- sketch where he's singing that song Hilarious. and i'm like okay all right then i'll usually say later you'll let me lay you down in the tall grass let me do my stuff <laughs> and uh and that doesn't work well, no. So yeah, it's it's a great start to the record. Um, you hear just like this weird little bit of like flange on this the guitar strings, and it's a lot like the way Black Dog by Zeppelin starts with that kind of like flanged mm. uh, mm-hmm. guitar effect. Oh, interesting. It- might even be in the same key and every time they played i was i was noting that um love stevie's harmonies yes there's so many things in here where you're thinking they're singing with each other about this stuff like <laughs> right crazy talk i, I mean I, I i didn't think of it until just this second i had an ex-girlfriend sing a harmony on on a song about another ex-girlfriend on one of rookie cards records so i can't i can't even talk but uh, um there's so many weird little things where you're thinking about context and right. I kind of forgot about it. I'm kind of glad I forgot because everyone's, whenever you hear rumors talked about it, all the all the drama behind it, it's sort of glossed over. Oh, it's been talked about so much. I wasn't sure how much we were going to go into it. I had forgotten. So I kept going down these little holes oh, yeah. of, of, of pockets of information the last few nights going like, oh, shoot. I don't even know if I knew that in the first place. I forgot about this. I forgot about this. Um, but yeah, there's there's so much inference in in so many songs. And you hear them talking about how they didn't want to help each other on songs sometimes. Right. Um, and still it came out this great. And, and they all kind of, they kind of pat themselves on the back a lot for saying like, well, I just bucked up and said, you know, I got to do it for the good of the band. And goddamn, they, they, they sure did. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to, am, am I remembering correctly that, that Lindsay and um, Stevie had dated for like eight years before they broke up? Yeah, so it was it was a fairly years, long relationship. Like that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they recorded their solo album and then they joined Fleetwood Mac and did the the album before this, and then this one is where they they broke up. Yeah, yeah. and exactly. and he started. It sounds like he was starting to see someone else uh, mm. during the recording of this. Maybe uh, there seemed to be some some right. lyrics that sort of hint at that. It's who knows. It sounds like they were having a good old time in in Salsalito. <laughs> um, but uh, I just, I also, I love, like we already said about the solo, but I, I love any time where there probably should be a guitar solo, but they decide, no, let's do something different. Let's, let's sing something. Let's put in a, a random instrument that we don't usually have. Um, so that makes me love it. And it's, it's kind of fun and silly, which is not their, their stock yeah. and trade. So I love it. Good point. So this is sort of the midpoint. Actually, I, I was curious. I, there's, there's 11 songs. Is it six on side one and five on side yeah. anyone anyone know yeah. interesting songbird ends side one nice six nice. songs 
So I wanted to take this halfway point to bring in a guest ranker, and that is a girl I know named Mara Kugi. And I met her actually for the first time just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jim and I went and saw the ride and Charlotte's UK show that Dan and Sam both saw uh, in their respective cities, which was kind of a fun thing Woo-hoo. for us. Uh, and I met Mara online and we've never met. So I've always kind of called her my snuffle off. I guess we finally met her and her husband and she's been in the music business for decades now. Uh, she, her main thing was being in music publishing. She signed some of our favorite bands, to their music publishing deals, uh, bands like The National, Peaches uh, of Montreal, Sleater Kitty. Uh, but she ended up in a, still in publishing, but also licensing. Uh, and she's just a wealth of information. But her heart lies in AM Gold and 70s soft rock. So she's written articles and been guests on podcasts like uh, Ultimate Classic Rock and the Totally 80s podcast. And I wanted to tap her brain on what her favorite one is uh, she also does a, a facebook group called jeopardy music nerds that i highly recommend uh that's it, all about just the music questions that have ended up on jeopardy for decades oh that's i love great. every word in that uh facebook group <laughs> Yes, I will. I will send it to you. It's super fun. It's a lot of music business people. And basically, we look at these questions that are pretty easy. And we all put ridiculous wrong answers in the comments. It's super fun. So uh, with that, (laughs) non sequitur, I'm going to play this (laughs) little interview I did with Mara. All right. Well, I'm here with Mara Kugi. And her background is in music licensing and, and placement. But she's done a little bit of everything in music. And how did we meet? We met through just random Facebook friends, I think. It was a publicist of some sort who said we would would like each other and like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I know that we like, uh, we have, we're in a couple of Facebook groups together. And when I first met her, I, uh, I don't think I knew about your your soft rock legacy. So when I, when I moved to LA a few years ago, I think it was right when you stopped doing a DJ night called Soft Rock Sundays, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how long did you do that and where was it? Tell me tell me about that. I did that for five years, really until the pandemic hit. And it mm-hmm. was an all vinyl, all soft 70s and early 80s DJ lounge event. And I just played everything from Bread to James Taylor and Murray. Barry Manilow was a big sing-along one. Everyone really liked Uh You Light Up My Life. My goal was for people to just hear the songs and feel like, oh my God, I remember that song from somewhere. I can't place Uh it. And then they eventually recognize what it is. Because you know, you can go to a lot of clubs to hear 70s and 80s music. You can hear the talking heads in Blondie in plenty of clubs. But where are you going to hear Christopher Cross? Exactly. And and not to mention now that Yacht Rock has kind of become a big thing, there wasn't really a place to hear the softer stuff because it's kind of a maybe a showstopper if you're out to like have a rockin' good time and, and wear your sailor cap. But this was perfect. Like, I, I, I wish I could have gone because the, the stuff you're describing is so the soundtrack of my youth. Do you feel like a lot of people grew up and out of it, but you were like still holding a torch? And and, and it, I know it's like a guilty pleasure for a lot of people, but you're, you have surprised. no shame in all this awesomeness. You know, I had, when I was doing the soft rock event, it was at a bar that's adjacent to the Regent Theater, which is a pretty decent sized venue in Los Angeles. Yeah. And that meant that a lot of people from the show would come early to have a few drinks at the Love Song bar before and end up at our Soft Rock Sunday. 
And a few mm-hmm. times there were heavy metal bands in there, like old school heavy metal bands in there. And these dudes would come in, you know, middle-aged dudes in their biker jackets and long hair. And they were going crazy to hear bread and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people who are in Gen X have a lot of nostalgia for their, those songs. But they don't hear them that often. They don't get played as recurrence on the radio. And sure. when we were kids, a lot of that stuff was just not cool. But now it's a good 40, 50 years later and we can separate the song itself from any kind of cultural discourse around it, which allows us mm-hmm. to actually enjoy the songs for what they are, which are really well-written, well-produced pop songs. Were you playing any Fleetwood Mac at this? I, mean, I know not everything would, would, would fall under the, the soft rock. I was playing a good deal of Fleetwood Mac, and I was getting a lot of requests for Fleetwood Mac. What are your memories of, of hearing them when you were when this album came out? Well, Rumors was inescapable when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, by mm-hmm. the time I was old enough to even really go buy my own records and look and see what was on the track listing, I mean, I probably already knew half the songs on Rumors just from listening to Top 40 radio. So if you had to pick a favorite off of it, that's what we're, we're doing here today. We're making the tough choices. What would, you, what would you put at the top, whether it's for a soft rock DJ night or your own personal? My personal favorite would have to be The Chain, which was not one of the singles that I was familiar with at all. So as soon as I heard it, and I heard its darkness, I just thought Fleetwood Mac got a lot more interesting. I didn't realize they had that side to them from the limited amount of music that I had. And that's a very, very good song, too. Awesome. Well, I will let you get back to it, uh, but I'm so glad that I got someone who, who really knows her soft rock weighing in on this. It's, 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 it's an honor. Thanks. It's an honor to be here. So honored. Thanks, Mara. Nice. That was great. I love hearing uh, these artists comment on whether or not they're soft rock or yacht rock. or That's, yeah. a, whole, that's a whole other... other discussion which we might be having very soon i think i think um i mean from from my viewpoint at least like call me whatever the fuck you want i've got the like one of the biggest selling albums of all time D- do your worst i don't give a shit well and the thing right. is like supposedly no band likes their categorization anyways right sure, sure. grunge right, right. artists didn't like grunge and so Yep. Which I get. You put so much into it, and then someone goes, "Oh, you're in this category with these bands." You're like, "I'm more right. than that." Yeah, but yeah. All right, on with the countdown, Dan. Let's do it. On with the countdown, number five. Okay, guys, <laughs> this is dramatic. Oh shit! It's I a know, Jim. Tie. I know you want me to go. Five way tie for number one, guys. <laughs> history is being made right now. Adam, you're close. We have a four-way tie. Oh, my God. Wow. What the hell? That's bonkers. If you want to talk about drama, I now see why my daughter uh, wanted to double-check the auditing. We have a four-way tie. So, Jim, the days of your nice, neat little order are about to get thrown into chaos. Oh, my (laughs) God. We clearly have some very different opinions on what's going on here. And here comes the first shocker 
Uh, tied for number two is Dreams. And guys, I'm the problem. Okay. Let me but tell yeah. you why Dreams is number eight. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's a great evil laugh. I knew I knew this wasn't gonna go over well, and I knew Jim was gonna be mad at me. Alright. <laughs> the opening little drum bit, perfect. Like what an incredible name that tune song. Just that, yeah. can you name it? Of course. For this assignment, my answer would have been no. Um, that bass is as pliant and stretchy as a piece of well-chewed bubble gum. Like, it's just wow, wow. It's great. Love it. You got the lazy guitar. You got the bass just driving this whole thing. When people say that song is a vibe, it would be hard to beat this song for that. Um, mm -hmm. And then Stevie just She just does her thing over the top So it's special But I'll admit I've never loved Loved this song um, I had it lower guys I had it The first time I ranked it I had it at 11 I'm gonna confess So it moved up quite a bit Whoa. Because there you had are this a lot last of place Yes. Last place on the album. Yes. Worst song in the album. Everything is better than you this song. You know I'm not soft rock. So wow. this song hit me right in the soft rock solar plexus. I do not think this is soft rock. I just, anyway, keep going. Hmm. Keep going. Uh, but it moved up quite a bit because there are a lot of things I can appreciate. And look, if Don't Stop Us Clintons, this is Ocean Spray. We got to say it. But yeah. what? Yeah. Okay. Dog, what? dog face, the yeah. skateboard TikTok guy. video. Yeah. Wait, do I? Uh, uh, I forgot the about it. On the, sca on the, the skateboard. skateboard. Uh -huh. which, I forgot about oh, it until today. Whoa. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, whatever, totally whatever. Forgot. Okay, It's not whatever, going. because why, no. Dan? Well, <laughs> well, because Mick Fleetwood then reenacts it, which is brilliant. Is that what you that's mean? That's awesome. No, that's so awesome many too, but it is by far the most played song oh, yeah. there is on Spotify, which I oh, had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea either. No yeah. idea. Blows everything else away. My coworker, Tony, who I've mentioned on the show before, who is a fellow musician, I he I asked him every show what his number one is, and he said, oh, Dreams, and then he looked it up, he's like, and he's like, well, it's probably the most played and I'm like why and he says you know the cranberry juice and I'm like what are you talking about and I'm like oh, yeah. oh my god I forgot about that video but that's how millions and millions of kids get into stuff these days which yeah. okay. we haven't even said because if, if you've never heard of it um, it's a Hispanic guy in, in LA I think it's, who, it's he's uh, I think he's Native yeah, American he's in Idaho he was Is in he Idaho. Really? Anyway, yeah. he's on a he's on a skateboard and he's going down and he's got this playing and he's very very cool. And, and he's living um, and his life. He's living video. his best life. And, and, and he's and, and it's it. great. And everybody right? loved At it. Stevie Nick did it. Stevie Nicks did a uh, you know a tribute to it. Like yeah. everybody you know blessed it. I'm just saying that wouldn't it be their number one song on Spotify anyway without that? I mean, this interestingly, their, it's the only their, single from the South that hit number one. Their number one or the number one? This no, it's, is it's the, the only of the four singles the, that made it to number one on the charts. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know this that. Is, this is Fleetwood Mac's, yeah, 
This is their song. Yeah, this and is it gets the, uh, played like crazy on the radio. But I do agree with Adam. Like, um, this song on Spotify has more than a billion plays. Right. You have to be Harry Styles to get a billion plays. Like, no act from the 70s gets a billion plays because... Without TikTok. Right. 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 So that's okay, incredible. Anyway, anyways, anyway, I watched that Let's song. I watched that TikTok again, <laughs> and I forgot mm-hmm. just how actually brilliant it is. It's it's mm-hmm. perfection. I like the song, but Jim, it's number eight. Oh, uh, let's go to Adam. Oh wow! Okay, so <laughs> I've got it. I've got it at number five, and yeah, I totally hear what you're saying, Dan, because I know you're not into this kind of like. 70s soft rock stuff like i knew playing this whole thing of uh of of mara talking about this this dj night that jim was gonna freak out and wish that he was there as much as me and that you weren't gonna care and sam was probably gonna get a little nostalgic too but yeah it's got that warm Rhodes piano um and it's so smooth and it's probably their most yacht rock sounding song and i know that we had this discussion somewhere maybe not even on the podcast before um but i know the guys a little bit that started yacht rocket they were comedians that made it made it up they just made up the word to do some comedy videos uh back in the mid 2000s and what they defined it as was was simply songs by doobie brothers steely dan toto and the people that made those records playing on other people's records and it was this very insular la session musician thing and and it's taken off all these different meetings, but part of the fun that they've had with it years later, they started a podcast where they don't really talk about Yacht Rock that much, but people kept asking them what's Yacht Rock and what isn't. So they consulted this, uh, mythical scientist uh doctor i can't remember the exact name, but his, his last name is Yatsky. So they have this whole set of rules and they rank songs from zero to a hundred. And if it's 50 or above, you're, you're a Yacht Rock song. And I went and looked up cause someone, some fan of theirs, put all of it up on online so people could go and search what their findings were. So this is, uh, this got a 32 out of a hundred. Um, they, they, there's another song on rumors that is only a little bit above, which I'll, I'll mention in a minute, but this is 32 on the Yatsky scale. Um, it starts with her saying that, Oh, you say you want your freedom. Like, okay, again, we're, we're talking about these lines where like, I can't believe mm-hmm. that this is now being put to tape for, for the ages and you're singing this to your ex and he's playing on it. And I mean, I, I can't imagine, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just unreal. Um, I always forget that this song is dreams. I know that sounds crazy, but she barely says it in the chorus, right. but I mix it up with Rihanna because she sings about dreams in that song a little bit more prominently. It just took a while for me to finally get it. I, I was a fill-in Yacht Rock Center for one uh, for one day for this corporate gig in Mexico last year. And this was my favorite song to sing that I didn't think I was going to be able to sing and I could. It was somehow in my male voice wheelhouse. And I so dug doing it. It gave me a whole new appreciation. But it does uh, give, it brings us to the, I guess it would what we would call it, the XTC umbilical uh emphasis on the wrong syllable award for when the rainwash is you clean like the way they sing that has always like made me like do a little hiccup like i don't know why but totally made me love it more than i did before i've got it number five sam i love the recent 
the association with the skateboard video. Uh, I've got dreams at number three. Nice. Um, it's, oh, yeah. it, and like Adam said, this song it just takes me back and drops me right in the seventies. It is that kind of breakup song. You want your freedom. My parents were split. You know, I was hanging out at, you know, my dad was dating a woman and we'd go and like over to her house. She had a pool and stuff like that. And it was super weird. Like I knew it was weird at the time, but like this song just feels like it just permeated that whole summer. And it, you know, just, it, it doesn't like skeeve me out or anything like that. It's a really great song, but it, it's just like, that's where it, it's that melancholy that it puts me in. Um, the headphone little bit for me on this was like when the song starts, you can hear it kind of go like, mm, 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 and I never heard that before. Um, so I like in the headphones, that's there. Um, and again, studio is an instrument there's just little touches all over the place in this song it's so expertly recorded and mixed uh the acoustic guitar in the left ear the ghostly sound of of uh lindsey's electric guitar it, like, i mean you can't you know i mean as a kid you're like what the hell is that like now i'm like okay like there's like maybe he's like p doing the pot like this the volume pot on the guitar or something but or a volume paddle maybe yeah yeah it, but it's just like as a kid you're just like what is that sound and then i love stevie's cadence on that song when the rain washes you and that probably led to a misheard lyric i probably didn't know what that lyric was until i was an adult easy me too um i was gonna say if you're gonna pick an album to do misheard lyrics miss mushmouth here it's like her and tom petty there's probably so so many like i love her oh my gosh yeah right you know like i've always felt that she was the top tier for what huh like and it doesn't matter with so many songs and so it's it's definitely, definitely yeah. fun to oh is that what she's saying yeah so i had dreams at number three take us home jim i cannot believe i cannot believe the position i'm in to just i, I thought god all these guys are going to have it at number one and i'm going to have to justify <laughs> my number two my number two you don't know ranking. me well then <laughs> I have it at number two. Mm. Um, the intro to this song absolutely is just freaking perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, Mick Fleetwood. You're the best. Uh, the immediate warm glow of Lindsay's lead with that effect on it. And Sam, you described it perfectly. Guys, this song is two chords. It's F <sighs> and it's G. What? It's two chords. However, it has a distinct verse pre-chorus and chorus mm -hmm. and i've just been studying this how the freak do they do this mm -hmm. um it jane's it's a jane says right jane says g and a mm -hmm. jane's mm -hmm. and then but the chorus sounds different yep. um it's an ear trick you think that the chorus changed it doesn't um uh the pre-chorus so you know of your lone of your loneliness like a heartbeat drives you mad and these background voices drop in you know and it's stillness of another dean who watches me. and then the chorus comes in and the acoustic guitar just comes out front Lindsay and christy come in thunder but it's still just the same two chords the only time the chords uh change is an a minor is introduced during that little guitar break the that's the only time you hear something that's not an f or a g um wow uh, that's wild it, it, the 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 bass accents on um uh, uh 
there's there's just one part where John and we haven't talked about him enough because the bass is great all throughout this freaking album. Um, but it's just doom 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 doom, and it just kind of mirrors what Stevie's singing. Mm. You know, at, at one point, uh, it, wrap around your dreams, and I just love that part. Uh, that part. Um, there's this mystical quality of Stevie that is in this song. Mm. And is in this entire her entire career, um, and it's it, the first time we're talking about it on this podcast uh, is right now. Um, I keep my visions to myself. Mm-hmm. Have you any dreams you'd like to sell? There, there's just this legend is growing of her with this, just you know, this witchy woman, you know, yeah. um, and and we'll talk about it more later. But anyway, uh, when I was six and I heard this song. I could understand, you know, you don't, you don't understand a lot, but you can understand going outside to play and you can understand, um, no, that's pretty much all you can understand <laughs> is going outside to play. <laughs> and so, so the lyric, thunder only happens when it's raining yeah. and players only love you when they're playing is just, it just hit, it just hit, it worked on me. And and you know what? Somebody said something about uh, this song being very, I forget what you said, but I wrote down what a mature song. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that echoed one of your comments. Anyway, I forgot what it was. Um, this is definitely, to me, the song of the night. I can't say 1970s, but from 75 to 80, this is, this yeah. defines that period, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's. Unfreaking believable! I can't believe it's number one. It's not number one. I mean, yeah, she yeah. brought it in with mostly just those two chords, and the rest of the band was like, "This is boring. Like, <clears throat> we don't want to do it." And she was like, "Please, please, please!" And they started working on it and and figured out those ways that you're talking about. And I wasn't sure no. quite uh, thought about it how they did it. I just I, I was seeing them talking about how they thought it was boring. Like <laughs> it was like, "Wow, okay." But yeah, you you don't know sometimes when you're hearing a kernel of a song. Like she went off and wrote it by herself while they were doing overdubs or something. Yeah, neater. And so she just went and brought a Rhodes into this little room. I guess the the, the studio was either owned or designed by sly stone so she was like in all these crazy uh sly stone looking uh tapestries and came up with this it's such a great great vision unbelievable yeah and that and and i'll say just just real quick like that 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 uh tiktok video like and when everything was going off the rails and what it was like the fall of 2020 yeah i was like i saw that video i was like everything's going to be okay. Like there's that's, just something about that vibe. That's I was why like, it took off. No <laughs> question. You, nobody watched it just once. Like no, you were like, yeah, wait a yeah. second. What did I just totally. see? Yeah. Out of curiosity, why do I love this? how are you choosing which, which order that you're doing this, uh, Dan, these, these, yeah, these because tie. you have, you have four songs tied for number so two. I've got like and them. They're all on this pad. That's joined so however my daughter put them down is how cool. i'm reading them i don't know what her logic was all right yeah what did she what did she write when she when just to let you know that it's a four-way tie well we had talked ahead of time about process here so i said if there's a tie put the highest number so if seven and eight are tied it's seven and then put parentheses tie so mm. when i was at six and i turned the page and it said two tie <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm assuming Brain we got explodes. four songs that are about to rank at number two. Yeah. Oh, Which oh is why God, there was that okay, 30 second go. pause. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> so also number two, we're going to have some more disagreements. Go your own way. Wow, okay. I am surprised to see how low Adam has this. Talk to us, Adam. I have it at number seven. Wow. Corrections. You said correct? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, no, but that's what you have it at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's parts of it that I like. I love the drums and the bass. Uh, I love that the guitar is sort of like an anti-solo when you think it's going to go to a big shredding solo. It's kind of not that, which is which is kind of uh-huh. fun. Um, uh-huh. There's this weird uh, little bell sound. I, I did go back and watch their Classic Albums episode, which is a great series. Yeah. I hadn't watched it in a while. I, wasn't sure, I didn't even remember that I'd watched it, but I saw that I posted about it like, uh, oh my gosh, nine years ago. Uh, I had posted about it because who's sitting at the desk playing with the faders and letting us hear each thing but my my old buddy from Crunch Media, Ken. Uh, He didn't mention me, but whatever. Uh, But there's a section of this song where he's sitting with Mick Fleetwood and they're talking, he's talking about like different kinds of percussion that he put in here and there's a bell sound, I guess, somewhere in there. And he says, oh, it's like that old Move song, which is this great 60s band. And they have a song called Fire Brigade. Fucking amazing song where it's like fire engine kind of sounds. And I knew exactly what it was talking about. I'm like, whoa, what a fucking cool reference. Not even surprising coming from him because that's where he came from in that right. late 60s weirdo blues psych scene. So I thought, oh, what a cool, cool thing. But um, I have two memories of, of seeing it covered. The first one, obviously, with Jim, uh, the first time we ever saw the band Jellyfish was at my old and Sam's old alma mater, San Diego State, back door uh, with a substitute guitarist, no Jason Faulkner playing the solo here. Um, and they were such a 70s influenced band that in between songs people yelled out for every 70s band you could possibly think of and when they came out for their last encore someone yelled out for Fleetwood Mac and they just went right into it and we looked at each other we're like no way how could they just play it off the cuff but they've been playing it every night for weeks we just you know we didn't know that we didn't have the internet to get you to look up what <laughs> right you know your own way The other one, strangely, is, you know, we've talked about Yacht Rock a little bit. Now, Jim is always talking about going off to see Yacht Rock bands, and I have friends in, like, four different Yacht Rock bands. The very first Yacht Rock band ever was a band in Los Angeles called the Knights of Monte Carlo. And I knew them because they were in a kind of spinal tappy band before that called Van Stone that are hilarious. And they became a Yacht Rock band just a year or two after those internet videos came out, which was even pre-YouTube. They went viral um, back when there was no 
you know, social media to, to spread videos like this. And I saw them at a, at a battle of the bands, a battle of the cover bands, things that, I, that we entered as a joke. And here were these guys getting up and playing these songs live. And it blew my mind that that could be a thing that people, you know, were, were so into it that they would want to hear these songs live. And I remember they did Go Your Own Way. And I thought, that's so cool. It doesn't, doesn't strike me as that smooth and yachty, but it, it fit, you know, and they were fantastic. They're also the only Yacht Rock band I've ever seen. I've seen about five or six that were funny. All the other ones are great. They do what they do, but these guys were all comedians and they worked in television and they were hilarious. And now their drummer, Bob Hamill, uh, who some people might know from that VH1 show, Bands on the Run, um, they were one of the bands that was in competition and they were oh. a San Diego band. And now he plays drums with Geezer and he's one of the nicest guys in the world, but he was in the first Yacht Rock Band Nights in Monte Carlo. And and then later started a band called The Windbreakers, which is the band that I, I filled in for. And we played in that. Mm. Well, you it. talked about that song an awful long time to have it number seven i think you gotta rethink your rank <laughs> it's, right, it's all right. incidental but it, it, all that said like there's not a whole lot in there that i love 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 and so it ended up being at number seven so what do you guys think what do you love about it go ahead jim well it, i got a number six it, um find the one that's what this apple essentials uh, um uh, production was it was talking about they interviewed um uh, Lindsay and he was like yeah I was so pissed that uh, uh, this DJ was like I don't like it you know you can't find the one and of course the band knows where the one mm-hmm. is right but I love the irregular drum oh, yeah. that story um, that I love too, yeah yeah I love the way they come in um, it's another guitar solo where you know every lick but he is reserved Adam the first, the first time one. he doesn't need to fill he doesn't need to fill the space. Mm-hmm. The second one is uh, the same, but busier, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it, he makes it growl at one point near the end. You know, you can go your own way and Ugh. that just fits with that growling. Just And um, it's a really good song, but it's there's five better songs in the album. So I have a number six. Nice. That is incorrect. There are not five better songs. <laughs> there are at most two better songs. I have it at number three, Whoa. but this spent time at number one. Whoa. This song is a jam. My God. Um, look, one of my very simple tests for is it an all-time favorite is do I reach for the volume every single time it comes on? <laughs> and this song one thousand percent i don't care how high it already is never fails um it's effortless this song is effortless it's hard overhead and it gets every blood cell in me moving it's like does any song better exemplify that phrase that i hate dance like no one is watching like this Mm. song it makes you want to dance but it's not that good song to dance to so you just kind of flail around energetically (laughs) but man is it fun right the guitar comes in mick fleawood's drum fill sets us off like we're off to the races boom fuses lit those shakers come in and the whole thing is sheer propulsion it's it's like a magic formula because guys there's plenty of songs out there that go fast to try to get energy but there's something about the mix of the instruments the riffs the harmonies the layers it all comes together and i'm levitating by the time the chorus comes like i kept trying to rationalize why i was putting it so high but the reality is it just makes me want to crank it and I don't think it's a trick like a big old ACDC thick, you know, guitar chord. It's right. actually all these really subtle things that mm-hmm. add this. 
they must, every time they kick into a live, they must look at each other like, here we go. The crowd's going to be eating out of our frigging hands because it's right. got to be such a slam dunk crowd pleaser. Love this song. Yeah. It's number three, but it could be number one. Sam, where do you have it? I have it at number two. Um, mm. And I'm really <laughs> glad that y'all talked about it so much because to Dan's point, I don't have that much written down about it. I didn't have that many notes. Anthemic chorus, amazing. But there's not too much to the song. But mm. there's everything about the song like just the little the little parts i think it's a i think it's a 12 string on this one right um that mm. that's that's playing that it's because it's so chimey and stuff like that but yeah it's um, cool where he puts it yeah and just like the, like again the little fills the bass here the, uh -huh, you know the just bass yeah just talk to me because i think that's maybe the unsung star of that uh, song John nice McPhee. yeah there in in that episode of classic albums mick fleetwood is listening to it going like listen to that bass like go john go and i'm like yeah totally and and it's so funny because that you, that you say that because i've all i have written down i had it on a different song but it's the bass slots in so well that i just miss it most of the time mm -hmm. it's not like the jam where it's just like punching you in the face so much because the, i mean like they've only got you know two guitars and, and drums and there's so much going on here but it's just holding it down with yeah. with mick like him and mick are just holding it down but like yeah the the timing like the drumming timing in the song is great i i don't have that much to say about it. i've said a lot but i it's just to Dan's point, it's just a rocker. You cannot deny the song. I will say, listening to this album, I was like, okay, I get it. I get why it's called Fleetwood Mac. It's the drummer. Yeah. It's the oh, bass. Yeah. They really do anchor this thing. Whereas before, I would have been like, what do you mean? It's like Buckingham <laughs> Knicks. Like, right, right. Why isn't that the name of a band? Oh, that was already a band. But um, <laughs> no, it was, it was like, I finally got how crucial those two are to to this album and to the band in general yeah totally oh my god i just realized mech for mcvee oh yeah really <laughs> <laughs> i swear to god i swear yeah, to god that, today oh, i learned never told me yeah. that and i don't think that's, about that's, it that's oh, what just god. did it for me i had no oh. idea where the where the mac came oh, from oh Hilarious. I, I knew Amazing. it but i i never think of it no, yeah, because Fleetwood's kind of obvious. Yeah, no. I'm dying to turn this page. Can I turn this page? Turn the page. Turn this page. No, that, not on this album. <laughs> 70s, but not on this album. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, okay. our third number two. By the way, if we get through this, I'm starting to think we all have the same number one. Just because the twos have been all over the place. I've already thought that. Right. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's going to shake out where we all have the same number cool. one. Same, same last place and the same number one. That will never happen again. Oh, jinx it. Wow. I, what do you mean again? I mean, like, after if this it happens one. today, I don't, after this. I think that's uh, such a, <laughs> I mean, I mean, our very <laughs> first podcast, we all agreed on number one. We we're like, oh, that, this must happen all the time, right? No, he, but he means like, we'll never have oh, the yeah. same last. I know, the first. I know. It's just crazy. All right. Jim's dying to know. Here we go. Our third number two. You make loving fun. Wow. What a great song. Agree. Sweet 
Adam, tell us why that's a little too high. Oh, Adam. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's it's just right at number six. It's my favorite. Oh, it's my favorite Christine song on the album. Sort of reminds me a little bit of "Say That You'll Love Me," which is the other one of hers that I really mm-hmm. like off the one before. Um, it's funny to hear all these interviews about her and people were saying well she really comes from the blues and i'm like i know a lot of white people who sing the blues especially in san diego i was on a blues cruise seeing all these friends of mine who were like oh going down to the plantation or whatever it's like come on but i always thought that was funny and said that you'll love me that she sings have mercy baby on a poor girl like me i had to look it up because it's like she sings it so white but it's just but her cadence and the way she sings it if it had been any other line it would have been perfect like the that tempo really suits her that sort of like melodic mid-tempo stuff she's so great at it um and it is I, i'm trying to think if, i think it was um oh shoot there was a song that we reviewed and i want to say it was maybe the beginning of three is a magic number no what was it where jim said this is the sound of the 70s and I can't remember what it was now. Oh, this is gonna bug me. But when I hear that intro, I'm like, this <laughs> yeah. is the sound. Love it. Uh, it's like one of the most perfectly 70s sounds. Absolutely. I, I don't know what it's called, but I, I wrote down Super Tramp keyboards. Mm. Y- you know? Oh, it's, it's just that. It's, like, it's, like, it's a clavinet. Yeah, clavinet. It's like Superstition by Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder. But it's like, mm-hmm. to me, it's as 70s as like, that that weird like sitar sounding solo in Steely Dan's Do It Again like there's like none more like ingrained as like a weird 70s like high high money album <laughs> but it's so great uh, we did talk about how she was dating the lighting director this is what this song is about apparently she lied to her uh, husband and told, it, told him it was about her dog uh, probably too drunk to uh, know any better but apparently you that's what it was. John it's about my dog can you imagine? John was too drunk not the dog Correct. Correct. Yeah. No, the dro- the dog was actually an alcoholic. It, uh, uh, McVie was clean. It was the dog that like had him fall off the wagon. Um, those cascading harmonies, holy uh. moly, uh, just amazing. Um, it's a little higher on the Yatsky scale. Dreams was thirty two. This came out to thirty four point two five. I I was curious if that any of sense. their stuff uh, had ever been, as they say, on the boat, which is above fifty. And there is one song that they were involved with it and put them on one of them on the boat, and it's one of Stevie's duets. Anyone? It ranks at number. I got a seventy one point seven five, which put it on the boat. It's her duet with Kenny Loggins, of course. Uh, for personnel reasons alone, it got yeah. on there. But um, really did dig this song. What's the, what's the song she did with Kenny Loggins? Uh, Whenever I Call You Friend. Oh, uh, right. good one yeah i'm one above you at number five you know um i was shocked this was a top 10 single because i don't remember hearing this much when i was young um as i listened more i was like okay yeah ambiently i heard it somewhere but not like the other big hits like this Mm -hmm. i didn't hear nearly as much um 
And so at first I had it kind of ranked low because it does kind of have some Yacht Rock vibes and you know I don't do well with that. But that groove is legit. I mm-hmm. the, the backing, and while I wasn't always there with Christine, but like the, yeah, the backing is amazing. And I started really loving this song, which, you know, it probably started at like 10 and it made it up to five got hooked on this song so often even the melody's great those backing vocals uh the bass and drum are just chugging along and then Lindsay's just going crazy he's just all over the place in the back noodling with that guitar it is so much fun um and it just has such a it's, it does have a little bit of that light rock, but it moves. It kind of, I like how you said earlier, Adam, about uh, Don't Stop How It Chugs. That's mm. how I feel about this song. It just yeah. kind of keeps moving. Um, so anyways, I ended up with it at five and I really, this was a great discovery for me. So Sam, why don't you go? I have You Make Love and Fun at number four. And Dan, you were like, I don't really remember this being in the top 10 or like, you know, it doesn't sound like it'd be in the top 10. In the 70s, a song about making love and fun? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just didn't remember it. Right, Brought that's what I'm saying. Back to Jim's like, point about we're playing outside. I, what, right. what do you mean you make loving fun? Yeah. Is this a, yeah. about a dog? <laughs> 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 love you, puppy. Okay. Uh, anyway, I'm just going to move right on past that. But yeah, like, I mean, it's that's that's the swing in 70s, man. Like, you make love and fun. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just so many other songs like that. But you've touched on already love the sound and the tone of the clavinet and the electric piano because there's two again with the studio tricks like it's Mm -hmm. she's playing the clavinet and she's got the piano the electric piano behind it and um it just combines so incredibly well and it's got it's it's like a nasty groove right it's like it's kind of sinister kind kind of not dirty like lewd but lewd like like nasty like it's got some funk to it yeah yes yeah totally it's got some funk to it 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 goes harder than it has any right to at at all and that guitar solo come on like and it's so cool but one one of the little touches in the song that in all my years of listening to this you know what 45 plus years or, or 45 getting close to 45 years um i never noticed the bells when she says magic You know, it's like the little like bring, chimes. Like, yeah, chimes. Yeah, I never noticed that until until listening to it and had the head. I, I don't think I had the headphones on. I think it was just like nice and quiet, and I had it on, and then I I heard it and it, and I noticed that it was the bells, and I was like, okay, nice touch, and a good lyrical touch too that she sings about. Don't break the spell. It's you know she's singing about yeah. the magic, and then she says don't don't break the spell to kind of like tie tie the chorus into the verse. It's it's a really good song. She's moving it's, in on yeah. Stevie's territory. <laughs> Where do you think it she got so it? so good. She's like, hey, there's one witch in this band. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Chrissy McVie at her best. Mm-hmm. It is number three. It has mm-hmm. spent time higher than that. It is an absolute monster of a song. The background vocals you guys talk about that I never did believe and just that oh. ethereal it reminds me of like tin it reminds me of tin, C, 
10 yeah. cc yeah exactly i'm not in love it's like that haunting just there's certain songs that do that um the the lead guitar lick right after the um right after the first time through the chorus mm-hmm. um where it all kind of breaks down and they're about to go back into it and uh and uh Lindsay just goes i mean they're, uh, they're little licks that he does I, yeah. I don't want, like i don't want to sing all of them i could sing all of them and nobody yeah, wants that um, but when 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 we get to don't don't break the spell they, then she shuts up and the freaking backing tracks are just going. I mean, we were moving so fast right there. Just it would be different. I didn't know it will. The you you make love and fun is held back just like secondhand news. This is the other song where the 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 title of the song is held 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 to the end, and when it finally releases. It is just this crescendo, and it's because Lindsay's lead goes right with her lyric. You, you make love and mm-hmm. release. I mean, so his, and his now the whole band is, is playing together. Off. They're like, oh yeah. god, it's so good. It's all I want to do. It is joyous. This is the one, Dan, that I'm like, okay, turn it up every single time. This yeah. is the one. Love it. So we just love differ it. on our choices, but this is. I mean, it's an amazing Same album. Vibe. Yeah, I love it. Was, Guys, that the, was that the last of our number fours or no, number twos? I mean, we have another. <laughs> our fourth, don't we? Oh, yeah. that's yeah, right. There's it. one we haven't talked about. Holy don't shit! Right. Nobody's revealed their number one yet, so we no have the same number, number one. one. We do. Dreams go your own way. You make love and fun are our only number two so far. We've got a fourth, folks. Yes, I know and which one is, it is. It's all going to come down to this. Fourth number two is. Turn the wrong page, but no spoilers. <laughs> Gold dust, dust woman. Wow. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the anvil. Take it away, Sam. <laughs> I knew that this would be it because I have Gold Dust Woman at number 10. Whoa, no, dude. Yes. Stop it. The anvil strikes oh, again. It starts out. It. It star- yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very well-known, popular song. It starts off okay, but... It goes off the rails at about three minutes and 30 seconds and just does not recover for me. Uh, and that's, that's well into the song, but it doesn't, like, it doesn't do that much for me up to that point. The last minute 30 are terrible. Um, like it's, sure, it's super fun in the trippy, stony 70s and whatever, but it's just painful to listen to now for me. And then like the groaning and stuff like that, I, that's, that's something else. When I was listening to this, number one, it put me off the song, but number two, I was like, they, like, I can just see the DJ like in the booth going like, mm, like panning, like bringing the levels down so you could pull up another song. So you're not hearing him going like, like whatever that shit is at the end of that song. Her. Yeah. It's Stevie. Yeah. It, it's her. 
Oh my god! I thought they both do. Yeah, no. I think they both I do. It, actually, it, yeah. I, I was guessing it was both of them. Yeah, it is both of them. You're right. I didn't. Right. I didn't listen that closely because it was just like. Or awful they for somehow me to recorded to. actual demons. Is my real guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's really good point, Dan. I had not considered that, but that's probably what it is. Yeah. So I had right. I had a number ten. Oh boy. All right. Well, from wow. there we jump up to. Jim at number what, Jim? Number four, Dan. Number four uh, could have been number one. Mm-hmm. Um, that opening, that uh, um, that D chord. You guys have played this on guitar, haven't you? I mean, it's really that, it's it really D? easy. Drop D. Um, yeah, it's drop D, and then um, and then they just they you know he adds that B flat just to straddle those two different chord qualities that minor and that major you know that hovering between the two gives it that spooky feel and if you think I thought of that myself you're wrong I called my music major son and I was like why is this so good and he was like oh my god because it straddles the major and the minor oh it's it again I'm writing that down anyway that is guys than us. the the clock ticking. T- I mean, that uh, clock ticking yeah. of this song, this is the most haunting rock on gold dust woman. Take uh. your silver spoon and dig your grave. And you talk about the mystique that Stevie has. Um, that that lyric totally reminds me of um, uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water. You know, sail on hmm. silver girl, sail on by. Right. Your time has come to shine. All your dreams are on their way because it's a drug song, you know. Um Great harmonies in the chorus. Uh, Stevie's backing vocals in the last two minutes, you know, Black Widow, Pale Shadow, and all the R's and the screeches and all that stuff. Um, evidently, she was standing on a stool in the center of the room of the studio with a mic hanging off the ceiling and this black shawl thrown over her. I mean, she's making these decisions <laughs> so as good. she's, at, you know, hey, here's how I want to record this, right? Like, um, it is. It's the legend of Stevie. I mean, it's what makes her who she is. And um, and I love that she wrote this song. I'm sorry she was going through some shit, but it is such an unbelie- unbelievable song. And uh, it deserves to be number one, but it's number four. Beautiful, Jim. Except that it's not number four. It's number two. <laughs> it, this is in the right place, guys. You talk about that opening, guys. This song is smoke rising on a moonlit night. It's a tiger snaking its way through the grass. It's jet black eyes staring back at you from behind the flicker of a flame. There is such a distinct feeling to this song. I want to fill a room with candles and write poetry all night to this thing. Like... This, to your point, Jim, Stevie Nicks is not of this earth. It's clear now. She's a caster of spells. She's a weaver of webs. She sings rulers make bad lovers. Mm-hmm. Better put your kingdom up for sale. And I'm like desperate to get rid of my kingdom, but I don't even, you know, I know it's a metaphor, but how do I do that, Stevie? Like, okay, I'm, I'm sold. The end of the verses where she's, you, you expect her to kind of, um, it's not what you expect. Like she goes, go down. She kind of yeah. throws in the, you know, I, I want your son to explain that one as well. <laughs> but then you still have the harmonies on the chorus, right? Like singing, yep. singing yep. in Lips, tandem, yep. which is so beautiful. It's epic. Sam, I'm going to disagree furiously with you. 
at 249 this song goes from epic to super epic those drums start to roll like distant thunder mm-hmm. the whales are rushing through your headphones and guys if this album starts in a jaunty way around breakups as we get to the end it's like guys breakups are not fun this is horrific those are demons i love demons <laughs> the tension is building blood is raining down the walls okay i hear stevie on the on the stool but guys the walls are bleeding the guitars are murdering someone down the hall what i'm imagining my total made-up fact is that jim morrison met them just outside the studio and he goes hey guys take this while you're recording they start recording the song it's fine and at 249 that shit kicks in and it's like mother i want to yeah unbelievable masterpiece could have been number one agreed take it away adam oh man I don't know if I want to be the dissenting view. Uh, So I said that there were two pairs of two songs that I could barely decide between. There was the two kind of happier country ones. Mm -hmm. And then there's the two dark ones and they're similar. They both have epic endings and I had them between one and two the whole time. I couldn't decide. And and I, I was like, I don't know if I could pick between the first part i think that the 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 first part of both those songs are pretty evenly matched so it basically came down to what what do i like better about the endings and even still i couldn't i like them for different reasons and in the end uh i i decided that i i liked the ending of my number one song for 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 reasons not that i thought that um it's better i just thought it was more fitting for the album which meant that gold dust woman is my number two uh which we all know what that means yeah. <laughs> uh as far as our number one goes but um i love this song it is dan that the line that you chose is the line the only line that i wrote down as far as like better put your kingdom up for sale and and, and again talking about like oh shit she's singing this with that guy in front of her and he's talking about you're a bad lover i mean because you know the chances of her not that not being about him are slim and none and what could be worse than saying you're i heard it was about her dog (laughs) jesus fucking christ (laughs) what could be worse than saying you're a bad lay like to me the ultimate shitty thing that any rock star has ever done is have an affair and take pictures of his affair and make that an album cover, which is what John Lennon did. And it's the Mm. most shitty thing that anyone's ever done. But this diss right here saying, you know, it's, it's, it's not when he's in the band, he's in the band, you know, it's so fucked up and awesome at the same time. Like, I'm glad it's not me, but it's just, it's so insane. Um, Yes. All that wailing is just, it's otherworldly um i actually like holes cover of it because it was it was fairly fitting um they did it for some soundtrack i think and it was like god if anyone's gonna cover that song it may turn into a big rocking epic it kind of fit for them
I think I like this ending better. And I and I was like either either song could have closed the album, but in the end I like that this sort of fades into the darkness and it totally made me think of Sacrificial Bonfire, how we were saying it's like it's like a boat going off into the fog in the dark and I think that that's what this one does. And the fact that there's so much lightness on this album too, but yet it all still fits. It's pretty amazing. It really um, is. But it's I love that it, I love that this is the end. Uh, of, of the yeah. Story. Great last track. Getting back to Jim Morrison. This is the end. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there. What's number one, Dan guys. What's number one. If you don't mind. So Adam is well known for always bringing guests on this podcast and these interviews. Like we've already heard one. And guys, I decided it was time for me to try. Nice. But I know nobody famous. <laughs> but yeah. let me remind you that this album was nominated yes, by my now 16-year-old nephew. Bring it, God, and I was, I was like, I got to hear what he has to say. Yes, please. So if you'll indulge me. All right. Hi, Escher. Hi. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> so uh let's start here how old are you i am 15 i'll be 16 what three days now yeah wednesday yeah the night that we're going to record this podcast which is kind of fitting um yeah. so you are the person who chose you nominated fleetwood mac rumors and it won so i guess the the next question i've got for you is what the hell are you doing listening to fleetwood mac um my mom really likes it and i have a friend named charlie who's also really into it and so i don't know maybe last year i listened to rumors the first song i listened to and really got into was the chain um uh -huh. and that still to this day is my favorite fleetwood mac song it is i was gonna yeah. ask you that what what do you like about the chain um i really like the difference from the like lyrics um or the uh, verse section of it where it's just an acoustic guitar and a drums and a voice and then you go to the chorus section and it switches to like a whole band with like an electric guitar and drums and then there's a really awesome bass riff at the end that i really like and so all those pieces that kind of come together yeah well put so um fleetwood mac over like little uzi vert yes <laughs> okay <laughs> got it um, not taking the bass so you 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 explained a little bit uh why you liked fleetwood mac what is it about rumors that you especially like um it's the combination of of course the chain is on that album i also really like dreams classic also on that album and then mm -hmm. um there's a couple of songs on there that i listened to when i was younger too that have like some nostalgia almost to them or like me they bring back memories from when like road tripping down to san diego and stuff nice awesome uh what about a least favorite song on the album you know we always do least favorite also <sighs> that's a good question it's so hard to choose one because they're all just they're all just so so good um i don't know if i can i don't know oh if I come on <laughs> hey it's tough you're not yeah, coming on the pod it's hard to pod again it's if hard you don't to pick one out yeah yeah fair enough um Without Googling it, how do you spell the name of this album? <laughs> oh, boy. R. <laughs> Hang on, I got to picture it real quick. Give me one moment. Yep. 
Is it R O or R U? <laughs> R U M O R S. Very close. That would be the correct American spelling. <laughs> but they went with the British one, so they're that's why you were thinking of the O and the U. It's R U M O U R S. There's Got a it. fun trick question for your for your friends. Um, <laughs> if you were to nominate another album for this podcast, what would it be? Uh, Love at yeah. First Thing by Scorpion. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, I'll let you know when that happens next. And right. last question. Uh, who is your favorite We Will Rank You podcaster? <laughs> you. Nice. Good answer. Rigged. Good answer. Well, happy early birthday. We'll be Thank recording you on your birthday. And uh, I'll see you in a couple months. All right. See you later. Okay. Good night. Asher. Amazing. Nice, Asher. <laughs> the kid knows his stuff. I don't know that any of us can beat that description of uh, our number one. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah. He's yeah, right. Not. Yeah, let's just end it right now. Asher, you have excellent taste. Yes. Because yes, the unanimous number one. Holy moly. Is the chain. Who wants to go first, guys? It's a toss-up. Go ahead, Jim. Okay, this was either it was either going to be this or Dreams. Why it beat Dreams was because I listened to it in the car, and when you listen to songs in the car and they separate out all those three voices, the harmony, guys. I I just can't. I was raised on like being in the church with my mom and her uh, her sisters her brother just singing and then you know just my mom driving me around i've talked about it before late 70s in the car i was an only child and we would go run errands and she would be singing the harmony of every song on that am radio um and so the harmony just sticks in my ear it is so good the metronome that starts that i mean the drum beat that starts it but it's like a metronome you know it's a persistent purposeful kick drum um, they used to open their concerts with this in 1977, wow. and I just keep picturing that. I mean, that's all I want to do is go back to that time and just hear it. All five of them got writing credits. I'm taking all of your guys' little notes, aren't I? By going first, I'm sorry. Um, keep going, uh, no. brother. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I just picture I just picture being at the concert and them coming out with this, and you know, all of our minds melting. And then when when they get to that one part where. Um, where it go it's going into the second verse and Mick Fleetwood like catches his hi-hat you know din, 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 din. and I just want I, I just pictured this moment where he just holds it for a long long time and hold and everybody just starts the roar starts happening you know and then they come back in you know oh god yeah um, that would be great I love I love Christy uh, Christy's part in the in the uh, in the chorus I can uh, still hear you saying you saying it's so freaking sweet yes. and perfect um listen to the wind blow down comes the night there are certain songs from that period of my childhood that i heard in the car uh like nights in white satin this song that just have that haunting but also very comforting feel for me and i just i just love it um 
I, I, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. I've talked enough, but that's it, it's a very, very important song to me. Love it. Um, I'll go. Guys, what about this surprises you? You knew I was ending with the chain, right? Like a few other songs flirted <laughs> in number one, but you know a couple of things about me. You know I love harmonies. You know I love tribal drums. <laughs> You know I love a song that is two, two, two songs in one where it takes the two things they do well. Guys, I said this about Queen with Somebody to Love. I said this about Otis Redding uh, with, um, why am I not thinking of my, my number one from that? Sam, you and I had the same, what was it? Try a little tenderness. Thank you. Try a little tenderness. This is that beautiful soaring harmonies and that intensity, and it does them both, right? It's mysterious, it's got, it's otherworldly, it's got the guitar, oh my God, let's talk about that guitar more, like, you know, Lindsay yeah. going crazy. It's got the heavy bass lines, you talked about the drums, and it's also got my other favorite trick, which is holding it back, holding it back, holding it back, empty the chambers, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go right? Yeah. That Hall of Fame outro starting at 304 with one of the most memorable bass lines in history. Mm -hmm. That epic guitar freak out. Unbelievable. The call and response chanting. You know, if I am pledging to Stevie that I will put my kingdom up for sale, here I'm like, guys, I don't know what the chain is, but I, as God is my witness, I swear I will never break it. You have my word. Count on me. <laughs> we must never break the chain. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> it's an unbelievable song. And, and this was probably the song that in the back of my mind always had me convinced that there was going to be that moment where it was time to go back and check out Fleetwood yep. Mac because they wrote the chain. Yep. I mean, right. it's yep. epic. Who wants to, who wants to throw into the, uh, into the ring? I'll, I'll go, um, just real, maybe real quick. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I, impossible. Like the start of the song, like the ambient room noise. I love, I love stuff like that. Like when you can hear them kind of setting up and I pulled up a genius to like, look over the lyrics really quick and it starts off and somebody says, fuck. And I was like, it like the, the, the lyric on genius. And I'm like, what? So of course went back to it, turned it all the way up in my headphones and you can just hear somebody go, fuck. And then it starts, and I was like, "What oh, the shit. hell? That's awesome!" Uh, we'll be going back to listen to that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are you checking it right now, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> so let's all let's all just be quiet so Dan can listen. Yeah. No, I'm I'm worried <laughs> Sam's voice is gonna blare into my. <laughs> um. But yeah, like we talked about, like Mick, amazing drums, uh, and this is where I wrote about like john like i didn't it feels like i didn't notice him that much but you cannot deny his role in this song when that when it stops and then the bass comes in and an interesting thing i read is that um they called the song the chain because it was just so many different pieces of songs that's and, fascinating and they and they chained it chained them all together um and that that was the first part they had 
they you know were jamming out in the studio or whatever and then john came up with that bass and then they just kind of let it go and so they had that on tape and didn't have the rest of it and finally they said like Lindsay broke it down and and you know broke down the verses and then they assembled it all uh for this um but that that the, the dobro sound like that's the perfect sound like that dobro guitar sound is like you know try and imagine this song without it i mean sure that that's yeah i was gonna ask because it was just Lindsay. Was. like i was like is it a banjo what am i listening to so it's a yeah it's a yeah it's a dobro, dobro. yeah on gold us women too yeah it's the it's like that that metal top guitar got it that's what that is that red that metal resonator that they've got perfect, on the top of those. perfect um yeah and it's just i mean like i said i i've i've I'm sure I've heard it live because I mean, when they got back together in what was it, the '90s or whatever, yeah. and MTV, like you know, they they were kind of all over the place because this was mm-hmm. you know kind of like the Eagles, uh, you yep. know, that we've talked about lately. Like they're not get they're never getting back together, and then they did, and yep. then mm-hmm. you know, and then you know started playing all over and and stuff like that. But yeah, this one weird kind of that it ended up at number one for me i had no preconceived sort of anything about where songs would land and you know i think actually now that i think back about it i think it was kind of with a bullet like I, I listened to it and i'm like yeah chain uh yeah it's still at number one uh it's still at number one like and and that was for, so the first listen through like i do it's like okay the first song and then is the next song better okay that one goes up there or it doesn't and um and as soon as the chain goes on i was like yeah probably number one and then every listen through subsequently yep 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 that's the right spot adam nice yeah that opening is insane uh i definitely remember them opening their reunion show uh on mtv with it and when i started doing cover band stuff in san diego the very first cover band show i did some friends of mine did Fleetwood mac and when i walked in and saw them sound check with it i had such an appreciation to watch them do those harmonies live it's it, it i didn't know how much i loved that song until i watched other people do it i guess but yeah. then it was great because they had studied that um that reunion show so no. jeff my the husband wife jeff and kim were looking at each other just like uh, they were yeah. in the video it was oh it was so fantastic amazing uh, unbelievable um yeah there's so many great bits to it it's a little bit like rhiannon which i love mm-hmm. as well mm. uh and it's a little bit like goldust woman it's it's def- they definitely got that cool dark thing and it's my it's it's my favorite kind of fleetwood mag for sure um sam mentioned how they put it together but it's, it's not quite it they, they definitely started with the end jam first mm-hmm. so john McVie had the riff and they and they jammed on it and then they're like what can we put before stevie had a completely written song which is on the, their expanded oh interesting uh, right, right. interesting it's fantastic but it's only the chorus that they kept from it so there's completely different verses that are incredible slipped into but they changed all the verses completely and kept the chorus and added harmonies to it holy moly and it fit um but uh, the intro comes almost completely from uh an early uh, buckingham nick song called lola my love um Hmm. he reworked it
so yeah they pit, they fit all these bits together and she had that chorus that mentioned the chain so it was a it was a perfectly fitting um right title but i i picked it as my number one over gold dust woman i knew it had to be one of those two mainly because it's it's such a perfect symbol for this record here they are going through all this shit but there's no way that they can bear to leave like they're tethered to each other in this way they just had a huge hit album and they can't deny that this is what they've always wanted to do and the chemistry that they have making music together is so good that they're gonna put up with all this insanity and still make music there's a pixie song called uh chained and uh is that what it's called It's, it's on one of those records singing it and it's just that them singing about being chained together is just haunting in in such an incredible way that I I couldn't not make it um, my number one and I knew and as I'm sure you guys did that it was very possible that we were all going to agree on a last place and we were all going to agree on a first place and normally uh, we were we would say like there's an obvious last place there's an obvious first and I was thinking it the whole time and of course you know me I don't like to put anything in the text but none of us were saying it and I'm like I think I think it could happen I definitely think it could it's so crazy <laughs> that we did after all this time damn it amazing yeah. super fun I think t- to your point the the fact that this is the song that all five of them get a writing credit on mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and you can just hear such distinct parts of each of them yeah it's it's just another reason why it's such a fantastic choice to be like the number one on this album where i agree with you adam it's the chemistry it was everything was just perfect like they caught lightning mm-hmm. in a bottle with this it was the right time right place despite all the crap that was going on it was just the fertile ground for just to birth this album like it's amazing, amazing. right hey by pixies yeah. not chained they, oh. they sing they sing chained oh, over oh, the oh, app, but it's like holy moly wow oh my gosh okay that was as epic as this album oh jim's blowing up the candle dramatically oh. as, as stevie would <laughs> yes seriously where's your lace shawl buddy rock on gold yeah tennis. poser <laughs> oh my gosh you want to do it you want to do a quick summary here oh, there's too, yeah, there's too many ties guys there's too many ties it's a mess <laughs> I, I thought another I record thought about it. another record yeah. for tonight well it, leave it to rumors to break all the no, records no. right that's yeah. so funny so fitting where do we go from all here right, so where do we yeah, go yeah where here, do we go right? from here well, uh, I've got, uh, it would be not my pick next. We'll let Adam talk uh, about his, his uh, I'll, I'll let Adam talk after this, but. Um, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> just just let me finish. Would you let me finish? Um, so the next pick is, is, is mine because um, we've cycled through the greatest hits and then we did a couple of makeup episodes and then adam finished and then we're doing this one um so for my next pick i'd like to try something new uh i'm gonna go out on a limb news good the album is from the 2020s so it's fairly new oh that is new 2020s yeah so we're not going back to the uk we're staying in america I'm scared 
I'm right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Adam hasn't heard it, and probably not Dan either. And I'm almost positive Whoa. that Jim hasn't heard it, even though the band is kind of local to him. But here's the kicker. I haven't even heard it. Oh my god. It's Depeche Mode's <laughs> Memento Mori, which is out March 24th. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> Out of the gates. I have heard the lead wow. single. I'll oh my yeah. god. <laughs> Sam. Yeah. Twist. Nice. Twist. And released. Good yeah. twist. And I, I, I listened, like Dan said, I've listened to the first single and it, I enjoy it. And I'm like, what the hell? Let's, let's do it. It's, we don't have to wait that long for it to come out. So Excellent. If that's okay with you guys. If, you, I mean, if, it, if it's, if it's okay not, you. I can pick another crazy? one. All okay with us. Everything right. outside of the box and is okay with me. You're setting a new record. It'll be the first time we've ranked an artist twice. Someone had to break oh, it. Oh, that's right. We yeah, did. Right. Uh, what did we do? Black, Black Celebration. Black Celebration. Yeah. I was going to say that in my opener, but I thought that might give it away. No, nah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. So, and and I, and so I, it's in the U.S. because dave and martin live here now and it's local to jim because martin lives in right. santa barbara that's right so where does dave live la new, uh, new york new york city oh. yeah sounds about right i googled it before i wrote it down <laughs> i did not <laughs> when, when I, I, th- I thought he lived in la yeah he's very he's he gives off a distinct la vibe i don't wow. i don't know where exactly martin lives but uh i kind of pretend i do when i tour people around and so we'll be walking nice. down like Anna Kappa Street and I'll be like, here is the house. Oh, <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> well, we're, we're sort of in, in discussions as to when that Nexus episode is going to happen. Before we did this podcast, I had an idea and Sam had an idea, actually, funny enough, to do podcasts about albums separately, yeah. like independently. Great minds think alike. Uh, and I had a, a bunch of guests lined up and uh, you guys have been so nice to to let me uh, work them in here or there, but I've always had that um, thing on the brain um, today. And tonight was no exception. Holy moly. Your, your nephew, nephew. God, he was such a great, that was awesome. There's a band that we've, that we all love that we've talked about many, many times that we've never gone there. Um, right. And that band is a band that no one's ever talked about ever. <laughs> no podcasts, <laughs> have done, no books have been written. Uh, and that's the Beatles. And, and uh, I love them. And so do these guys. Uh, I had this idea uh, after listening to a few different Beatles podcasts to rank every Beatles album because I love what we do here. I think the format's great. And as much as I love these three guys, I'm always curious what other people think too. We love it when you guys chime in, our listeners, uh, in the comments. Uh, It doesn't happen enough. Please don't be shy when you listen to our podcast. Let us know what you think and how we're wrong and and how we're right. For the next year or so, I'm going to do a sort of side, uh, we will rank you project called The Quarrel Men, where I'm going to have different people come in and we're going to talk about the Beatles, including these guys. Uh, Dan, Sam, and Jim have chosen, made their pick. I won't say which one it is um but that's gonna happen soon i've already recorded the first episode which i did last year or the year before when i was on tour in england we recorded an episode at abbey road with our uh famed guest ranker richie merritt who chimed in on our jam episode and his two kids who are 10 and 14 so unfortunately escher will slightly be beaten as far as youngest uh guest ever Um, But we've got some really cool people lined up and I can't wait to get to it and get back to doing this. 
I never have enough time to do this as, as much as I would like and get them out as quickly as I would like. So thank you all for your patience, uh, your, the listeners and the hosts for, mm-hmm. for being patient with me because I've always, uh, I've always got a million things that are preventing me from, from putting them out quick enough. We, we're so excited to do these and then we have to wait uh, so long for them to come out. But um, this is going to happen soon. So watch our social media. We're going to keep doing We Will Rank You stuff. And I'm going to still be posting stuff about uh, all the episodes that we've done and We Will Rank You. And I'm going to keep asking these guys to chime in on all kinds of stuff this is sort of going to be the end of the second season i can't believe we did 30 episodes of these things holy moly yeah. uh, awesome. uh with that i'm gonna say see you later and thanks for doing this yeah anything else guys rock on gold dust woman <laughs> thank you asher yeah right on all right you, see you later I Please follow We Will Rank You at We Will Rank You Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and let us know how you would rank this week's tunes. Sam writes about music on the web at YourOlderBrother.com. You can find Adam's music page at You're Doing Great. That's Y-E-R-D-O-I-N. Please subscribe, rank, and review our show at your favorite pod place, and send us a note with suggestions and flattery to WeWillRankYouPod at gmail.com. Ding, 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 ding,